What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. I'm just riding through the valley on my bicycle. Just pedaling, 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 pedaling along. I'm headed to the studio by Sherman and Coldwater. And when I get there, I'm going to sing this song. I'm going to sing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, my. We're back, Moto X Pod Show, episode 80. 80 episodes, TJ. I can't believe it's been that many. I mean, really, it started off as being recorded on a phone. Right. <laughs> I wasn't here then. Neither was I. Oh, really? And we're the ones here. Yeah, we're the only ones here tonight. Well, let's, let's get these reads going real quick. All right, sponsor reads. You guys need to support our sponsors because they support us. First and foremost, we need more money. Choking. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, the Moto Exabot Show is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil synthetic oils. They are riders and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. You know Amsoil supports Moto and is a leader in oil technology. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551. Or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Follow him on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy and on Instagram at Dane underscore Evans 393. And as always, let them know the Moto X Pod sent you. Our first sponsor of since the beginning of the show, Shock Socks, the original number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Heck yeah. No one likes replacing fork seals. So ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks or go to BurnMotorsports.com. If you're looking for a new set of graphics, you need to get with Char at MX Girl Designs. MX Girl Designs specializes in vintage and modern MX graphics. She can do pretty much any custom idea you can think of and do it at a great price. And because we don't have much money, that's a good thing. Contact Charlene at Char at MXGirl.com and follow her on Instagram. When riding dirt bikes, protection is key. All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are the helmet for your wrists. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Ciancero, Joey Savacci, Austin Forkner, and Alex Ray, as well as Major League Baseball and NFL players and even pro bull riders, trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbraceguy on Instagram. Or you can email me at darkside.com mx3 at aol.com and i'll get you hooked up we just sold a set today to our boy at mx nut garrett rockley he bought yeah. it today one of our uh, faithful listeners and last but not least chad mayo at five star roofing of texas was that too loud tj you pulled the mic closer to my face i thought i was being too, too quiet. you were being a little quiet go ahead all right man do your job five star roofing of texas they do residential and commercial jobs whether you're looking for composite or metal roofs fences custom patios pergolas or even a metal building chad mayo and five star roofing of texas can handle it and they even offer a moto discount they are a proud sponsor of Privateer John Short, so follow them on Instagram at Five Star Roofing of Texas, and same on Facebook. Give Chad a call at 214-402-8565, and again, tell them the Moto X Pods show sent you. Glenn Helen's a wrap, TJ. What'd you think? 
Dude, I mean, the track, I, I actually liked it. Watching it, I mean, the jumps, I saw some of the jumps I could see that if they would have left that jump as big as what it was, I think it may have been a little a little much, but yeah. the way they changed it, it was really cool. Yeah, I think they improved it. I think it still might have been, could have been sketchy had the track been disked a little deeper where it got rougher, but right. it didn't seem to have the big breaking bumps and stuff coming up to the jumps. Right. So, yeah, it was. I think it was pretty good. The... Um, the split lanes and the turns I didn't care for. I right. That makes it difficult to cross. We talked about that, and like here at my little bitty backyard track, I do a lot of work to make split lanes, but to make them even, and it seems like they don't do that work. Like put big humps on the inside of the inside line, something to slow the yeah. fast lane down. And it they they never do that in Supercross. They never do it at national well, tracks. They tried it in, on Supercross in a few areas where they try to make the outside or the inside maybe have something to slow them down a little bit. But like, I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been JT or somebody said, you know, with the, the dart fish and all those, all the, oh, yeah. all the technology, they figure out what the fast line is and it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like they're out there searching, actual riding, searching for lines. They ride them in practice and they see what's faster and then everybody takes what's faster. Well, it's like, I tell you who's really good at that is Cole over at uh, Johnsonville. Yeah. He's good at making split lines and the lanes pretty. I mean, we're talking about for amateur racing, but sure. I mean, if they could just be close, yeah, maybe one is the fast lane, but I mean, we watched it, especially in the 250. J Mart was trying to get around, and every time he'd take a different line, he'd lose four bike links. And yeah, there was definitely a fast line. Th there's always going to be a fast line, but it can't be that different, right? But right. anyways, it was good racing. Yeah, it was. I mean, seeing some of those guys, you know, I mean, Jeremy came from a little ways back to, to pass Alex. I mean, yeah, you know, he took a long time to get around. Um, Someone, yeah, uh, Justin Cooper, right? I think it was, or was that Zach that took a long time? You see, it's Cooper was on the gas. Yeah, but I mean, look, there was there's been some good racing this year so far. It's only two races in. Yeah, I'm really. I know excited we're short on talent, quote unquote. The top level guys, you like to keep making a big point of that, but <laughs> there's still been some really good battles. I mean, Roxon stayed up there for a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, Eli fought to get around him. I mean, it, like we're we're having the privilege of watching some good racing. We are, and and I'm not. I haven't I have not yet said that the racing wasn't good. Right. All I've said this whole time is that the um. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the level of talent. The is level not... of talent is is, but the racing's been actually maybe better than if some of the better talent was there. You Could know? be, yeah. Um, but I'm just. I think we kind of blow out of the proportion how some of these guys do when you have riders. Like well, our first guest, Baggett, who was just on rails, and it looked even more amazing when nobody's in the class. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or and then you have a guy who's coming back from a from an injury and he's doing good, but the first round he got sixteenth. He came back from a pit stop all the way back <laughs> up uh, with Roxon. I mean, there's a reason why that's happening. If we had those other eight guys who were out, we. Uh, that wouldn't have happened. Right. I don't disagree with you. I mean, you, you have a, a I'm few just more guys. I'm just a-hole that'll actually say it. I still think guys like Blake would have come pretty far back anyway. Oh, yeah, of and course. And still, I think he deserves credit for, an, for riding for sure. without a grip. And that's something I can't wait to talk to him about. And Yeah, when I heard not that. Not many guys was... would have done that, I don't think. No. At that level. I think most of these guys have been like, they would have called it, you know, and said, well, you know, safety or whatever. But Blake's Does Blake's he run lock on fighters. I don't think so. I just can't imagine how that the grip would the whole grip would. Well, come probably off. the same way when Eli and 
Marvin got together that That's you know the, the wheel I, when Barsha went over him. I haven't watched it again uh-huh. in slow motion, but when Barsha kind of bunny hopped over him, that wheel made his tire may have slung it off. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I'd have to watch it again to see exactly what pulled the grip it off. It sure wasn't a Kawasaki factory grip. I have to pull those off a of Docks 250, and those things are like vulcanized onto the bar. They they're, will they're molded not. into the metal. They are made into the metal. <laughs> like they like when they forge the metal for these things, they're made on there. So, well, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I don't. I run the lock on grips, but I don't. I they. I think probably in the right circumstances, <laughs> you just don't anything. So much torque out of those bikes, it'd rip anything off. I know. Can you I imagine know. if that had been like an arm or? Well, yeah. Look at Roxon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. So, um, so what about the two fifties? Anything impress you? I I just don't see how Osborne's going to lose this. Overall, I don't think so. But like, so I I you know I write the, some questions for Daniel every week for right. his show, and I wrote I wrote mine today for this upcoming week, but. One of my questions is, um, do you think Jeremy's been tra- Martin's been training in Colorado with Eli? Right. Does that give him an advantage since he's been practicing all year at elevation? And he's right. He's not that far off Zach's pace anyway. I don't think, as far as fitness goes, that he's going to be that much better than all that. I think that it may give him an advantage because he knows his bike better. Yeah. I think that Osborne. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but he may struggle a little bit because he's expecting his bike to be able to do things that it can't do. Sure. Um, but as far as fitness, man, these guys are all the top. I mean... Yeah, but that elevation does change things. No matter how fit you are, it still affects you. And if you're not used to it, right. it may make a difference. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying it will, but I, I think Jeremy's going to win this weekend. You think so? Yep, I got him to win. I, I mean, I don't see why he can't. He's been really fast. Right. Um, he's, he's on the verge, and I, I just think that advantage... I feel like that's going to be a little, even if it's just a mental advantage. I wouldn't be surprised if Troll won. That would be awesome, too. I He's mean, going to be on the show tonight, too. I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would, like, it's like to the point now, it's like almost why is he not winning? He's doing so good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't mean that as a as a dig. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. The dude's killing it. I, I want to ask him how how it affects him when he knows his brother's coming because you know, I mean, you have a brother. I do. So do you, I mean, do you have that rivalry in things that co- competitive? I'd put him on the ground. Yeah. See, I, you got, you have to know that Alex is like anybody, but Jeremy, Any, or, you know, anybody. <laughs> well, but then at we, the same time, are you kind of proud of your brother? Well, it's like this last weekend when we went and raced and like Randy and I traded motos Yeah, and he got me overall kind of deal, but it's like anybody out here beat me, but this old man, you know what I mean? So I, uh, yeah, it's kind of yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah, we had a good time riding at your house Saturday. Dude, I haven't ridden in, what, a month and a half, and then we ride all day at my house, and then I go race a night race. I was spent. It killed Doc's wrist. Doc's first time back on the bike. Yeah. And um, by the end of the night, he got second that um, second moto because he said he just couldn't hold on. Yeah, I chose not to go race just because I wasn't feeling it, but... Um... It was fun. The track was like for Swan. I mean, it's still the layouts the same. Yeah, I just but don't care for the night track there. It was good. You it know, was fun. so I didn't really want to go, and I went and rode mountain bikes instead. But riding at your place, man, I, like I was really for me. I've made up my mind to work on things. Like I need to work on technique, and you can do that here instead of being the mindset I've had in the past when I've come here is like it's kind of I'm kind of bored. There's no real technical jumps right. or whatever. But this weekend, I made up my mind that this. Like and I, and I still sucked, 
but I felt like I was working on certain things like corners and I was trying to breathe. And that's what I've built this place for yeah. because those technical jumps and doing all that stuff winds up getting people hurt. Sure. And out here, I've got a lot of deep corners and a lot of sand and a lot of things that just aren't normal. Yeah. I was really proud of myself for that. You have like a little tabletop. Depending on how you do it, it's a single tabletop single on the outside, so you could kind of go on off. Step on, step off, yeah. Or you, you do a double and then double over the tabletop, over the single. Yeah, triple into the which, corner. Which it's not a huge jump. But it feels so cool. But like as soon as you land, you have to turn. And like I'm not good at that because I really struggle with keeping my oh, fingers. Oh, that's what you were doing. I saw you kept missing it. I thought you were doing that on purpose. No, at first, <laughs> it took me a little bit because at first, I, I struggle with keeping my fingers on the levers at all yeah. times. I reach for them when I need them, and that's... And that's you can't make that's that not corner. good. You can't. So make I was corner. really working on like landing and and stopping almost as soon as I landed, and it felt awesome when it worked. Yeah. And once I got it, I got it. But so I, I had a blast, man. I you know in the the last moto or whatever we went out, it was pretty dry, and I got behind Mark and couldn't see shit. And then I asked you if you wanted me to water. I know, but I knew we were only going to ride probably like for ten or fifteen minutes. It'd yeah. probably take you a half hour to water. So not that long, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much. It wasn't really. I didn't want you to go through the work when I was just. I was already exhausted. It was a great day of riding. It was a whole great weekend. And then this Texas heat's been really bad. I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Scotty Trembles. Yeah, yeah. Um, Passing. Passing, unfortunately. Just a heat stroke out at a torn race. And, guys, y'all got to be – I mean, obviously, he's an ex-pro. The guys, I think he's – I mean – it it's, it can happen to anybody. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're if you're a beginner rider to an, an expert rider. You got to make good decisions when we're riding, guys. So, uh, shout out to his family. Uh, wow, I mean, I've just known the guy for so long. It's just kind of a, a weird deal. So, yeah, I don't know that I've ever met him for sure. I've heard yeah. of him, and then I got a call last night about it, and somebody told me about it. And yeah, yeah, it's just it's sad. Yeah, it's, well. It it it, it unfortunate, but, it's very hot but for um, sure. it, guys, it's super hot here in Texas. I mean, what wasn't it weeks, years back at the Texas National had uh, passed away from heat exhaustion? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So it's a killer out here, man. Y'all gotta you gotta be smart out here riding. Yeah, I mean, I work out in every out in it every day, and I've been I've made up my mind to start training. Yeah, I don't like to work out. I don't really <laughs> like to do anything. But I bought a mountain bike a while ago, and I hate—I don't even enjoy riding it. Yeah, very much. But Saturday, I guess. No, we rode Saturday. So is that when you su- tried to kill yourself with a vine? So yeah, Sunday morning, I decided, all right, I'm—I'm I'm gonna start making myself do this. I downloaded an app that track, kind of like—I guess it's like the like Strava, kind of like Strava. I but, saw that, it's but you don't have cool. to pay for it. So yeah. tracks your speed, mm-hmm. your mile, you know, your distance, your time, and your GPS. It'll do laps and, and I, stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't awesome. know if it'll do laps. It just fall, it does like a GPS thing. If it has a lap thing, you, you could do it on a track. It may. I'd have to look at it. But yeah. what? But what I know is, like right now, I'm like two, two and a half miles is pretty much on this offer, uh, this trails that I we have where I live. Mm-hmm. It's about the most I can do. But I can, because I'm so competitive, I'm trying to better my time. Right. But yes, the story that I told you guys and Mark. So Sunday <laughs> night, I'm out there riding. It's dusk. It's kind of hard to see. I'm going around a corner, and in Texas, we have these thorn vines that are like. They're just like you run, uh, they'll rip you off a bike, which is what happened. I go around a corner and they have giant, like it's almost like a rose thorn, like, yes, like a rose big bush, thorn. But so a this huge, thing long wraps around my neck. <laughs> my ponytail, which is the dark side's pony, which is tucked in my shirt, gets pulled out and it rips it, oh. it whips around the vine so tight that it yanks me off the back of the bike. That's epic, cuts my ear. 
scratches my arm all up. God, I would have. And I'm sitting there going, like, you. what just happened? <laughs> Why can't like I can't get away from it because it's stuck to my head because my ponytail is so tight. I had to literally stand there, pull all the rubber bands out. Were you by yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's epic. I had to pull all the rubber bands out to going get down. away, and like I'm bleeding. It feels like my ears hanging from my but. <laughs> You know, I have blood on my face, my arms bleeding, and it's. I'm like, okay, I know I'm gonna have to tell this story. Oh it, God, <laughs> it was terrible, but yeah. Anyway, it was. So I ripped the vine out of the trees and pulled it down, and the next day, I ran over it, and I think that's what gave me the flat tire that I now have. <laughs> so yeah, those. So far, my mountain biking, I've been going twice a day, but I've had issues. That's a lot. Well, I'm Twice trying to, a day. I've done two two miles the night it ripped me off the bike, and then every time after that I did like two point four. Right. So you know, I I but it, I'm competing with myself. I'm like, okay, I got to do better. So I think it's gonna help because it's it'll motivate me to go. I've been riding mine on my out at the rig when I did. I had a five mile loop that I did. So. Well, cool, man. Well, um, I guess we need to take our first little break, and we'll get be back with Blake Baggett. Down for that? Nah. No. Why would we want to talk to him? Well, we're going to mute your mic. You're not allowed to talk to Blake. I'm that was part allowed. of the agreement. Uh, no, that's why he didn't come on last week because he knew I wasn't here. He waited for me to be on the show. No, I didn't ask him because I was trying to be nice to you for once. All right, we're going to get on the phone. All right, Bye. we'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back, and we're ready for our first guest of the night. He is Blake Baggett, Western Power Sports, Rocky Mountain ATV, MC, KTM rider. Blake, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Not, not too bad. So uh, so the first thing I want to ask you, I mean, you know, you had a uh, hell of a ride, that second moto, you know, I mean, great start, little mishap, might have been a little muddy it looked like, and then you had to come back with no grip. Just how was that? How was that in your mind, mentally? How'd you push through that? I mean, it's just uh, one of those things where uh, it's, just, it's not ideal by all means. But when you're, when you're just picking up your bike and, uh, you know, half, half the grip was gone and <laughs> the other uh, the other half was just basically shredded. Um, it was just barely even dangling on, on there. So uh, I rode around with it for like a half lap with it, with, you know, just some of it was dangling, but basically 90% of my hand was, uh, was on just, just bare bar. So, uh, I ended up just pulling the rest of it off or what I could, um, to, to get it out of the way. Cause it was flapping back and forth and it was kind of just annoying. So, um, and I just wrote it out. It was a little bit sketchy. It, uh, it did cross the line a few times, but, uh, you know, if I was to go down or whatever, um, that it was just straight handlebar <laughs> that uh, that was there, so a little bit a little bit sketchy, but yeah. At the same time, I uh, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I mean, it was it was a rough ride, but it wasn't terrible until my hands got pretty. You know, it, was, it wasn't hot, luckily, but once my hands got sweaty and uh, and the blisters started to kick in, from just holding holding onto it. That uh, the last two laps were definitely rough. I I would imagine. I, was there ever a moment where you thought maybe I should just pull off? Because I really don't feel like 
And I may be wrong. I really don't feel like a Ryan Dungey would have continued. Blake Baggett didn't pull. Well, off. I know that, but God. I just want to know if that thought ever even crossed <laughs> your mind. No. no. Good answer. I like that. I mean, yeah. If it runs, then I'll I'll try and make it finish. But it uh, it was one of those things where I yeah. don't know. It yeah. wasn't the track salvage points, but at the same time, it was still. I wish I uh, could have done done even better with it. The track wasn't near as gnarly as what Hangtown was. I think that probably made it just a tad bit easier because it looked really fast in sections and not near as deep and choppy as, as I've seen Glen Helen in the past. What what was your thoughts on the track? It's it's always fast. Um, I don't really know what, what the exact answer would be. It's, just, uh, it, it's fast and, and sketchy in some spots. You know, it's so fast that if you do make a mistake, it's going to be pretty costly, so... In some aspects, I think it'd be better to be slower and rougher, right? And uh, and be really deep, and you know, it gives you more. The deeper it is, when it when it does have a bunch of lines, it gives you more options to pass. Where if it's just fourth gear wide open, it you know, it's like it's like racing Baja One Thousand. <laughs> like you know, you're you're in the dust behind the guy in front of you. Luckily, it wasn't terrible, but uh, you know, you're in the dust behind the guy in front of you, and it, it's hard to get around because that one fast groove and there's not much uh, opportunity to to make stuff happen but at the same time it's everybody's got to ride it and right i'm sure everybody uh you know yeah, has we, different opinions on it we have a track up here that's like that that down the road from us swan it's just wide open who can hold the gas on the longest it doesn't get real deep so yeah i haven't had a chance to go ride the tracks in california i know that um dark side here has but been to some of the tracks. Well, I so. rode Glen Helen at the Vet Nationals last year. That yeah, tell him first... about, about coming down the hill. Yeah, man. How... <laughs> <laughs> I have so much... Like, I already had respect for the talent level of pros like you, but when I'm coming down Mount St. Helens and I'm on my front brake and I'm on my rear brake and I'm gaining speed, I don't know how you guys go down the hill on the gas. That's just nuts. Yeah, I don't know. It's just something that yeah, yeah, you kind of. I grew up out here, yeah, and, uh, and rode it a lot. So it's the the hill is just normal, and <laughs> it doesn't even seem that that big anymore. Whew. But uh, I mean, I, I think you go go over to Europe or some of those tracks over there. They have uh, they have you know just as gnarly of sections on the hills, and some of their tracks are built on the side of the hill. That that's true. That's GP. true. Yeah, I guess you get used so, to it, and like. I grew. I started riding out in SoCal. I lived out in Barstow and riding the desert and stuff. But I've been here in Texas for twenty something years, thirty years, whatever it's been. And we just don't have tracks like that here. So it, it blew my mind the first time I went down that house, and I was on a bike I'd never rode before. So that didn't <laughs> yeah, help. that doesn't help. No, it didn't help <laughs> at all. But uh, you know, before you guys got to Glen Helen, I guess actually. Uh, you know, at right at the end of the day last week at Hangtown, they put up a video with you know these huge jumps and we had Davey Coombs on our show last week and he mentioned I think you were on a plane with him um and you know there was some concern over the obstacles do you feel like they tamed them down enough or would you still have liked to seen it a little bit uh less you know huge jumps I mean do you what do you think about what they did to the track uh they're always pushing the limits so at Glen Helen <laughs> yeah 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 Every track is that's that's their sale point to uh, to sell tickets. So, um, I mean, it's cool for a photo shoot, but I don't know how cool it is to be for you know thirty thirty minutes plus two laps. And right. Sometimes it's traffic when there's lappers and when it's dusty, and 
even with one grip. So, it, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, I was really happy with know. what they did with Hangtown. Like, like I said, small, small jumps, table, everything's tabletop. We had doubles when we first built it. Everything's a tabletop now and pretty, uh, pretty mellow, pretty safe. And I think that, uh, you can have good racing if it's super rough and rutted and, yeah, and technical without having, having the big jumps. Well, I think you have better racing at that point, honestly. Yeah, yeah you have better racing, just not as good as pictures. Yeah, well, <laughs> it depends if you're going for the picture or the race. Right, right. Well, it's unfortunate that there are people that are more worried about the big show, the big jump, the big show. You know, and maybe that's what Supercross is supposed to be, but I don't feel like nationals need to be that way, especially like you said. You know, at 35 minutes, or you know, once you guys, God, you got it's just too much. Yeah, Supercross is just bumper bikes. Right, right. Well, you know, let's let's take a step back to Supercross. I mean, you came on strong at the end with some podiums. Um, you know, what 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 improved with yourself getting to those better positions? I mean, did you find something with the bike? Did you just get more comfortable? What what happened? Uh, I, I think in there just kind of was getting uh, getting that going in the middle when I just happened in Atlanta and uh, and DNF that third moto. Um, want the triple crown stuff or whatever. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of set myself back a, a few weeks and I really needed some time off. But, you know, with the 450 schedule, you just pretty much race. You have one weekend off. So only 14 rounds, one weekend off and I finished out the, the last three or whatever. Um, so it's tough to kind of catch a break and, and get healthy again. But I got healthy again. The last three rounds were, were definitely better and felt like, uh, should have been there, you know, the three or four rounds before that, but just wasn't healthy enough to put it up there. Yeah, you definitely killed it. Hey, I want to go back real quick. You said about growing up there out in Southern California, and I wanted to ask you about growing up as a top amateur rider because, I mean, you were, like, at the top of the box or on the podium at Loretta's even when you were on 50s. Um, so, and then you look at that compared to, like, cooper who's coming in 20 years old just now kind of coming on fire what are the advantages and disadvantages you think to being a top prodigy i guess you the best best way to put it uh i mean if you're a top guy i mean i i don't really consider myself as a as a top guy through amateur i was there but i don't feel like i i won a lot but the guys that win a lot um i got a lot of backing up to do i guess it's big shoes when they come in and they don't do anything everybody kind of looks at them like as if they choke when uh sometimes it's just harder than than they thought it was going to be and yeah. pretty much every guy you talk to after the first few rounds you ask them and they're more than likely going to say it was tough to uh tough to do but it's been a while since uh the rookies came in and and really went to the top of the, the lights class and i think the last time that they they did that was probably Barsha, you know, it was 2010 yeah. and 11, 2010 with Barsha and Dino. Yeah. Um, they, you know, or Dino actually didn't go in 10. It was Barsha went in, in 2010 and he, you know, led and stuff like that and was up front. And then in 2011, um, I think the top four were rookies for the end of the season. And uh, Dino had four wins. I had five wins out of the series so you know outdoors so that was i think the first time or you know one of the last times that the rookies kind of went to the top right away but i think it's hard now because there's so many rides that are that are taken in the big bike class 
that the guys are not moving on. Right. They're right. standing back and riding a light spike, so that's making it harder when you're take a kid that has you know no experience and you're racing against somebody that's 30 years old. <laughs> I, I don't know how you, a long time. how you could say you weren't a top amateur rider. You were always up there, always battling, always you know if winning or whatever at any of the at any of the amateur nationals seemed like it was oh bag it one it was kind of oh, no big deal because you wasn't like out of nowhere so i'm i'm definitely in in my opinion you've always been one of the top riders and and it's just showing now as you're getting good rides and and going forward yeah i mean i i was there but i don't know <laughs> i only have two two loretta wins so i think uh you know, there's definitely a lot of a lot of guys that are raced against that were my age group there. You know, yeah, you grew six, up with seven, a, seven Loretta wins. So right, so. you grew up with a tough group, I guess you'd say. Yeah, they didn't cut as much slack. <laughs> <laughs> right. So tell tell us about your team a little bit. Um, you you signed a contract extension, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean Forrest Butler, from everything I hear, is is really a great owner. The team is behind you. I mean, how, how does that help your confidence knowing that you're, you know, you're, you have a place, a home where you're going to be for the next couple of years? Cause there is a lot of, well, there's the teams have folded like, you know, with RCH folding last year and finding rides has got to be nerve wracking. How does that help you prepare for the future for the next couple of seasons? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it takes any, uh, people say it takes pressure off, but I don't know if it takes pressure off. Cause now it's like, man, those, those people are believing in me now for the next three years. Right. <laughs> I better put it together. Um, so it kind of, I don't know. It, it's just, uh, it's a weird feeling, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's nice to be able to have a group around you that's around you right now that believes in you and that's committed to you for the next, you know, the next three years. Yeah. And, you know, with Forrest being the, the team owner and he's, he's a racer he raced Supercross himself, so that that being said, he kind of understands a little bit more when when times are tough or when things are good. You know, you, you're on top at, at any moment. You can be knocked right off the top and, and just be, you know, cheap soup again. So yeah. uh, you kind of you gotta you gotta take pick and choose your battles, I guess. Pick and choose when uh, when you you know want to try to pull something off or, or not pull it off and. I think that's uh, what we we get along good with right. uh, Michael Byrne being there, and and it's a you know it's a small small team when you, when you think about it compared to most. It's pretty small, it's tight knit, but at the same time we have I think the three biggest uh, you know sponsors in in the whole paddock area. We got Rocky Mountain that that is you know beyond big and, and growing every day, and the uh, you know we have Western Power Sports with Fly. Yeah, so WPS and Fly, um, which is you know a powerhouse for for the gear companies as well as distribution, and then uh, and then we have KTM behind us, which out uh, of the top bikes, there's a lot of uh, a lot of orange bikes, and you know the white ones are basically pretty close to the same. So with, uh, with that being said, we're we're pretty well well off, and basically now it's just uh, you know it's on me to try and and put it up front and, and perform for uh, for the guys that are. Putting their uh, their effort in and make sure that I put the same in. 
thing. Bag- Baggett sounds all like corporate promotional. Like, you, yeah, he's gonna have to have gonna have an industry job when it's all said and done. I bet. <laughs> no, I'm out. You're, no, he's I'm gonna, gonna be go building to rush or something. I'll be gone. He's gonna be, yeah. He's gonna be working on tracks with equipment. He's gonna be do something with equipment. Oh yeah, That's especially with all that stuff. Yeah. Hey, you made any good changes to your track lately? Getting ready for the outdoors. Uh, I haven't been there, so no. The only changes are what the rain has done, which is probably some pretty good rain rut. So <laughs> yeah, I want uh, when I go when I go back next week. I'm sure I'll have some surprises. Well, we on that topic to some degree. You know, we had your your lovely wife Keely on a few weeks ago, and she uh, she told us that you know you let her on the loader sometimes, and she'll move dirt from. She has a spot she's allowed to move dirt to, but you would never let her build anything on the track. How does that go? I mean, how do how? I know you you're probably uh, pretty nervous about putting your wife on one of your expensive pieces of equipment, but how did that first time go? I mean, she's been pretty much since I bought the property. She's been driving uh, driving something for us, so she's uh, pretty much operated and drove everything there is, other than uh, pretty much the the big dozer yeah. and the uh, and the excavator. But other than that, she drives my my 740 articulating dump truck and. We've ran, you know, hundreds of loads with uh, with just me loading up the truck and then two-way radios and her, her driving it to the other side of the property, packing it up and, and dumping it wherever wherever we're moving dirt to. So that's she's awesome. got, uh, yeah. she's got a lot of experience in it for sure, and it, it's fun. It's something different to do. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's cool to be able to it, do it's that. Work, but it's different. It's yeah. cool to be able to do that with your wife. and ha- You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some guys don't want their significant other involved, but – me personally, like I love it when my chick comes to the track and I come off the track and she hands me a wet towel and, a, uh, you know, having her involved and wanting to help you out, that, that's just, that's awesome. I mean, it's going to build that bond and she's part of it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. She's, she's pretty much got no choice in we're in Florida. It's me and, uh, you know, my, my right hand guy that's, uh, that's their geese and then, and then Keely. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much th- three three pieces of equipment moving always beats two, so sure. she really has no option. She's got to drive something. That's I tried cool. to I tried to put my wife on the tractor the other day. She wanted some dirt to to fill in some holes the dog dug, and I was like, <laughs> just go get on the tractor and get a scoop. She's like, no. So yeah, no. Wasn't having it. Wasn't having it. I'm, I, I'm just doing it because I'm lazy. I don't care if she right. does it. <laughs> so um, you you mentioned fly earlier, and I, I'm a fly sponsored rider. Fly helps us out a lot. JT's done some stuff for us. How, what does it mean to be with that company for as long as you've been? Yeah, I mean, there's really only the second year to uh, to be with them, but it's uh, you know they have they have the same basic goal that that everybody on the team has, and that's to to try and win races and and build the best product. And it's tough to I think it's tough to build good gear nowadays that uh, that is good for for the general public, right? as well as uh, trying to make the, the same gear without making custom gear, trying to make the same gear that, uh, that you know, we can go out there and spend 30 minutes plus two in and, and beat it up and, and not have it, you know, come apart, shred, or wh- whatever. Yeah. Um, it's tough to, tough to have that. So the, the general guy wants to wash it and wear it for, for two years, and, <laughs> you know, we're just going to go beat it up for, for 30 minutes and, and try and destroy it as fast as we can. And they've done a really good job at that. You know, basically everything we wear is, is straight off the shelf, right. which is nice because you go to some companies and you, uh, you, you know, you're not, you're not really in off the shelf stuff because, uh, because of just different, different reasons of venting or, or making something last. And sure. it's really nice to, 
have a company that really has it figured out on as far as you know the the general public is, is buying the same thing you're racing in but it's going to last them two years they can wear it throw it in the washer gear bag whatever and, you know they can they can ride baja 1000 in it ride in the woods and yep. all that and it's still gonna it's still gonna last but at the same time it's comfortable and it's not uh not super thick and heavy so i think it's uh it's a double-edged sword for them for sure and rather them take it on than me <laughs> right 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 so uh we got lakewood coming up this week um Lakewood last year, you know, a lot of, uh, probably some memories from that track. You came on, you destroyed, um, you know, that was the, the week of the, the famous comments, I guess we won't get into it too much, but <laughs> I love it. You better <laughs> get into it. I love that. Well, we talked about it last year too, you know, you, had, when we had you on and like, I love the fact that you are willing to say what's on your mind, stir the pot a little bit. I mean, I think that's awesome. You know, you're willing to try to get in the other guy's heads and, I mean, that's part of competing, you know, but how do you feel about coming into Lakewood this year? Are you, uh, is your bike where you want it to be? You've had some time to do some testing. I think, you know, what do you feel you're, uh, you know, where do you feel you're going to be at come this weekend? I mean, definitely ideally it would be to make around the first turn on, <laughs> on two wheels. Sure. Last year we didn't do that. So, um, I, I just have to say start there. And then of course, uh, if things are clicking then then go for it, but, at the same time, it's a it's a long season, but for sure, uh, wasted enough time already with these first two rounds, not getting good finishes. So we need to we need to be on the podium one way or another, and uh, pretty much take it any way we can get it. So I'll uh, I'll give it my best shot and try to uh, try to keep keep out of harm's way. But then again, you know, just stuff happens like last weekend yeah. when I went down. So yeah, try to uh, try to do what we can, and if I'm feeling it, then go for it. And uh, if I'm not, then then I'm not. It's kind of one of those things where it's, uh, it's like gambling. You really never yeah. know what uh, what you're going to end up with. But go in, uh, go in, hoping that you get it all done and see what you come out with. Well, I, I um, obviously, as we've said before, we're big fans of yours. TJ here is one of your biggest fans, so for sure, we want to see, definitely want to see you on the box. But obviously, we don't want to see you on the ground. So yeah, just well, it sounds like we want him to have a long, long career because he's going to ghost us like uh, Stewart did and just burn out, just Never, disappear, just disappear. <laughs> yeah, that he definitely did do that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Hey. Apparently, Mathis and AC are going to find him this summer. They're taking a week off and going and finding him. So we'll see how that works out for those guys. I know his address if they're looking for it. Well, Mookie's on board. Apparently, they're gonna they're gonna try to do the AC vlog and go find him. So maybe maybe they'll work it out and get a little. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he wants to talk to anybody. I think they're gonna do it like a like like hunting for like Bigfoot kind of deal. Make a documentary <laughs> out of it. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> best of luck to him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, if you didn't need any help with uh, moving dirt, man, uh, I'll come out. Just holler. <laughs> it's, it's only like what fourteen hours out there. I'll make it there. All right, we'll do. <laughs> well, man, Blake, we really appreciate you taking some time and coming on. Um, I'll see you in Tennessee in a few weeks, so that'll be the first one I get to make it, and I'll uh, definitely come say hi uh, again. Well, thanks for your time thanks. and good yeah. luck this weekend, man. Yep, still we can do. All right, Blake. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That's right. Blake Baggett, man. How are you feeling? You got, you know, does that kind of get your fix? Ah, dude, the dude's awesome. He just really yeah. is a good interview. He's always been a good interview. Yeah. And that's why you like somebody like that, because they're not afraid to say what they think and feel. And 
right. and he can back it up. He doesn't. He doesn't feel the need to be corporate, That's which right. I like. Um, yeah, I, I I like Blake a lot, and you know I think he's. I feel like he's probably, especially after talking to Keeley, like he's a little bit shy if he doesn't really know you. But right. once you get to know him, apparently, like he's really funny, and I could sense that. Like, yeah, you, I can sense this. He's got some sarcastic sense of humor, which I like. Right, I, you could hear it and with Weege when yeah. he talks with Weege. Yeah, know, yeah, that kind I, of stuff I think too. if you got in with him, like he would be so much fun to hang out with. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so much fun to hang out with. Uh, and yeah. us hanging out together, that would it would be like stepbrothers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Creeper. <laughs> but, no, my man, Blake, Blake is great, and I really appreciate you coming on. And, man, like, how awesome would it be if he could come out and win? You know, dude, I, he we can. Need, That's the thing. He's yeah. got the speed. He's able to like when it comes. Just for whatever reason, he's just had an issue this year. Things just working out. Riding, riding without a grip. Going, you know, having to pick up his bike. Um, but. Like I said, he's he's always going to fight. And yeah, he's definitely a fighter, and that's something that's awesome. I mean, I still like visually can see back in the 250 days when he had that crash and the visor was on backwards and you're like, oh, you know, he has a bad crash. Took him a few minutes to get going and he comes up and just is shredding and through people. Remember back in the, like at, um, in Texas where he was launching into Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like I have that on my phone still, that video. 30 yeah, foot yeah. up in the air, which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I don't, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, like I said, makes an you awesome You want to cheer for a guy like yeah. that. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, guys, we're about to take our first commercial break of the night, and we will be back with Kiana Clay. you got to pay attention to these commercials, guys. Hit the sponsors up. Send them a message yeah. saying, hey, thanks for you know promoting Moto X Pod. And those little things, say you don't need something from them. You don't need to spend the money about But those little things there, let them know that um, people are listening. We really yeah, appreciate actually, that. Let's talk about some of that stuff before we go to break. I should have done this. The helmet giveaway. That's right. That's uh, Kirk Hunter with Extreme Colors is doing for us. So sometime tonight, probably in the next break, we'll talk about how we're going to handle that. But um, you guys need to go follow Extreme Colors. Um, all our Patreon he listeners. Did a, he did a helmet for me. <clears throat> it was freaking awesome. Yeah, well, he did my, my uh, Luke Skywalker X-Wing right. helmet that I wear. And he, Star Wars? like Yeah, it's kind of unusual, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's you? weird that I would do that. But Retard. Pat- did you just say retard? That's really <laughs> un- inappropriate. God, what a douchebag. Patreon, our Patreon subscribers, uh, whatever you want to call them, man, we appreciate those guys. We'd really appreciate it if you guys would go to patreon.com, search us out, and contribute anything that you can. It helps us out. And, and we um, put all that back into the show, yeah. into getting y'all content, into like helping get to like a race or a hotel room. Th- those things, it, it seems like nothing, but a couple dollars a month man, makes a huge difference to what we can do here and yeah. grow in the show. So, yeah. And we're, we're trying to do stuff to give back to you We're all. about to do a pretty cool thing with our Patreon listeners. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is right now because I don't want to tell you and then have you go, oh, I'm going to go you know, subscribe just for that. No, I mean, if you want to subscribe, subscribe, and you can get in on this because we got about probably another month or so, and we're going to do a pretty cool little yep, yep. care package for our Patreon uh, patrons. And then, yeah, just again, the uh, we had uh, a giveaway last week. I did a grip give- giveaway where Mark came up with a trivia question. And the funniest thing is, well, first of all, Jaden Pascual, I think that's how you say his name, he answered the question. But he answered it properly. Apparently, Mark had the information wrong. He had the wrong race. Oh, so that was epic. awesome. So I sent Jaden the grips and a set of shock socks as a bonus for calling Mark out on having the wrong 
the awesome. wrong information on his question. That's awesome. I yeah. missed it. Yeah, it yeah. was great. So that was cool. So that and then so far we're we're supposed to be doing a we have the two stroke Amsoil uh, package giveaway. That's right. What we I'll asked, keep. I'll take it. I got two strokes. Yeah, well, you're ineligible, just like Dark Side <laughs> is on Pulp MX. So we but asked. I'm not, I'm not cool like you. I'm I'm not even media. I'm, I'm not just, really cool either. Just a tech guy doing. But listen, we we asked you guys to submit <laughs> pictures of your two strokes. And we would pick a winner for this oil giveaway. But we really, in my opinion, haven't got enough people um, entered yet. So we're going to carry this on for another week. If you want to win the Amsoil two-stroke oil package, along with, like, keychain and koozie and some other and some uh, chain lube, we need to see your pictures of your two-strokes. I want to see you riding your two-strokes, standing by your two-strokes, tag the Moto X Pod Show, tag Dark Side, tag Muscle Mart, tag Racing for the Sun, let us see them. We'll pick a winner next week. But right now, I have a whole bunch of people liking the pictures that of the oil, but not enough submissions yeah. sub, so far. So we're going to carry this thing on. And like I said, I don't mind taking it. Well, I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, that was weird. So, all right, guys, we'll be back with Keanu Clay in just a few minutes. Awesome. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you need an amazing deal on a residential or commercial roofing job, or if you just need a new fence, a custom patio, a pergola, or even a new metal building, Five Star Roofing of Texas is who you need to call. Chad Mayo and his crew will knock it out of the park for you just as easily as JS7 blitzes a set of whoops. He even offers a moto discount and is a proud sponsor of our friend, John Short. Chad is a true moto head and does incredible work, so give Five Star Roofing of Texas a call at 214 214- 402-8565 or check them out at www.5starroofingoftexas.com or on Instagram at 5 Texas, and that's the word 5 F-I-V-E so check them out call Chad Mayo and get a great deal tell them Moto X Pod sent you Darkside here are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welling and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welling and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. 
All right, guys, we are back, and our next guest is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. If you don't want leaky fork seals, you need to get you some Shock Socks. Go to your local dealer or check out BurrMotorsports.com. So, yeah, like I said, our next guest is uh, Makeup to Mud, Kiana Clay. How are you, Kiana? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Now, I've known you for a couple years now. Um, yeah. And this year, you got the awesome experience of being the Makeup to Mud, um, what's the word I'm looking for, the segment uh, at the Vegas round, and you got a lot of TV time. How did that come mm-hmm. about? Who nominated you? Honestly, I really don't know. Um, really? Apparently, I got a bunch of nominations, and um, someone from my team actually nominated me, too. So I'm not exactly sure how that all came to be. <laughs> but they just called me, and they're like, hey, yeah. We lost And we really. There you go. You're back. We lost you for a I'm second. Back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, they're just like, yeah, we'd love to have you out. The, we heard your story. So it was. It was pretty awesome. It was a great experience. So when when did they actually shoot that? Like, was that shot at the first of the year, or what was that? That was actually shot um, two weeks before the race. Oh, oh wow. Right before the race. Right before the race. <laughs> so then I had to put everything together real fast. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, so I... They called, me, uh, they, they called me, and we started filming literally two, three days after. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I had no idea that you were a part of that. We had already had Taylor Hyman on. And then I saw you were, I think I found out the morning of Vegas. Cause I was watching the race day live and they showed it. And then mm-hmm. you were, you know, you were on set with Daniel and Holly. And, uh, I was like, Holy shit. Everybody right here was like, <laughs> I know her. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, I was just like, Whoa. And I think I texted you immediately. And you, you, you know, you took a few days to get back to me. Cause you're like, you know, Hollywood now. <laughs> yeah yeah my phone was blowing up i'm um, sure right after race day live i had about 300 notifications on facebook and nice. over 200 um like messages on instagram and then once my story actually got showed on tv my phone was literally off the hook i had to it took me probably about oh i actually just finished catching up with all the messages about a few days ago well, don't, um, don't be like I jamie wanted... here don't let it go to your head <laughs> jamie he, when he started the show he was so humble and laid back now he's hey, cool guys everybody <laughs> yeah yeah but uh i wanted to make sure i was taking my time going through every message because everybody is telling me their story whether it's they have the same injury or um, they went through something similar where they had to be off the bike, um, and they were just telling me how you know I motivated them to get back on the bike, how they're starting to ride. Um, one story that actually stuck out to me was this gentleman who got diagnosed with um, the ALS. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he started losing function in his arm, and he said after he saw my video, he said there's no excuses for him. He, wow. Um, decided to Velcro his arm to the handlebar, and so he's back <laughs> riding again. Wow. And he said he's so happy. So that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And that's all that I want my story to do is just motivate people and inspire people to just keep living life and keep doing what they love to do. No, you know, regardless of what they're going through. What was it a surprise the like how many people hit you up with stories where you, you know what I mean? Like, did it blow your mind? Honestly? Yeah. Um, because I had multiple where they said, Hey, I have the same injury from racing as well. I'm like, Oh wow. No way. 
because um, whenever you have an injury, especially like brachial plexus, where it's only like 2% of the world, you really do kind of feel like you're the only one out there yeah. that struggles. So whenever you get more people that are like, hey, I struggle with this too, it makes you feel a little better knowing that you're not alone and you have other people that can legit sympathize with you, not wow. just saying, oh, yeah, I'm sorry or yeah. yeah this sucks, but they can actually be like, hey, yeah, I'm sorry because yeah, I'm going it, through the same exact thing. Does it make you feel so alone? I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kiana, for for those that may have missed the segment, tell us tell us the backstory. First, let's tell us how you got involved with riding to begin with. You know, whether it was family stuff, and then and, you know, give us a little history on the injury. Absolutely. So I grow uh, I grew up in Southern California, um, which you know is very extreme sport oriented. So I always had a need for speed, whether it was rollerblading or on my BMX bike or skateboard. I always wanted to go fast. And one of my buddies, one of my dad's friends actually, um, got us on a dirt bike. And I told my dad, I was like, hey, I want one of those. <laughs> and actually, one of the first dirt bikes I saw, because we were living in Marietta, was actually Jeremy McGrath, because he lived down the street. And so whenever I saw that, and I saw Jeremy like outside floating up his moto van, because he was riding out at Elsinore a lot during the time, I told my dad, I said, I want one of those, because <laughs> those will make me go fast. Right. And my dad just kind of hooked onto it, and he was like, well, yeah, I mean, you're a tomboy. You like to go fast. Let's do it. So he got me a PW80, and I just kind of started trail riding. I think I was about four. And then I started racing when I was seven because it just wasn't enough for me. Like, I, I, was, I have a competitive spirit. Right. So I was like, I want to beat the boys, and I want to beat all of them. That was my goal. So we started racing, got really heavy into racing, and then we ended up moving to Texas because we heard the training was a lot better, um, and the tracks were rougher, so you could become a better all-around rider. And my goal was to, you know, go to Loretta's and, I had a bunch of sponsorships lined up where I was going to turn pro when I was 16 and do the WMA because it was a little bit bigger back then. Yeah, you had yeah, Tara for sure. Geiger and yep. Bilek and Yeah, I missed so those more, days. Yeah, those are the better days. <laughs> right. Um, Agreed. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a lot better opportunity for me back then, so I had something more to look forward to. So my dad said, yeah. So we, picked, we packed up. The market was getting California to sell, and so my parents made a killing off the house, moved to Texas. Started uh, racing out here, um, got really, really, really fast, and um, and then uh, we were going to Freestone Raceway, and it was right before the Women's Cup that was about to start yep. for the season, and so uh, we went to Freestone, and you know, like always with Freestone, it always rains before the race for some reason. Yeah, you're right. It does seem that way. Yeah, every race it rains. I have no idea why. Um, and so, yeah, it poured that day and, uh, we were running late. And so I went out, got on the track and my bike actually got stuck in the mud, the first corner that I took. And so my bike was caked and I had no traction in my tires and actually had some people had to come and pick me up. And so, uh, I went over the finish line jump cause the practice was over. And, but whenever I landed from the finish line jump, my back tire slid out and another rider that was right behind me where the flagger didn't have time to get the yellow flag out he came over and landed right on top of my neck and broke my neck and severed yeah and severed my nerves on my um on my right side and so i was blacked out for a little bit and i tried and then once i woke up i tried moving everything and i started screaming i can't move my arm i can't move my arm i started freaking out and so that's whenever they took me to the hospital and they told me, hey, you got brachial plexus injury, which basically just means that your arm's paralyzed. And I started getting some bicep back, so I was like, okay, cool, I'll be able to ride again, I'm starting to get some stuff back. And then 
literally right when I heard that news, a few days later, my dad and I got hit by a drunk driver, and we fled four times. Good lord. And, uh, yeah, and so all the bicep I was gaining, I actually ended up losing. So, and then also the doctor's like, yep, nope, you're, you're kind of sealed and delivered. I mean, that's about it. You're not going to get anything back. And so uh, I was off the bike for seven years, and I really invested myself in, in a lot of things in high school, especially. I tried out for everything, tennis, cheer, drill team, art, choir, um, track, uh, even tried basketball some. Um, so I did just about everything that you could think of. Yeah. And none of it really fulfilled me. Like, none of it was <laughs> adrenaline. So I was like, man, this is this is not it. And so I had to find my identity that was outside of racing, and that sucked. Um, and then once I graduated high school and I turned 18, I was like, well, you know, my parents can't tell me no. I can, I'm legally, I'm an adult. I can make my own decisions. So I went, rigged up a pit bike at Underground, which is not the, I was like, it's the gnarliest track to start riding at. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I started riding at Underground and got on a pit bike, just uh, switched the throttle over to the left side and started riding um picked it up really fast actually probably within a good hour figured out the throttle and then uh patrick hurley uh he's a pretty known photographer in Mm -hmm. north texas but he was out there and he got a few shots of me riding on my first day back and he posted on facebook and i was like well crap now i gotta tell my parents (laughs) so uh i sent my parents down and i was like so before you go on facebook just want to let you know yeah (laughs) um i'm riding again i'm really happy it'd be super cool if you supported me if not i understand but like this is what i'm born to do like this is what makes me happy this is where my passion's at and they weren't very thrilled sure Um, i can understand definitely especially after what all i put them through um but my dad ended up getting on board. Um, he went half and half with me on my CRF 150, which is what I ride now. And he helped me pay for that um, and helped me get all the best gear. And then my dad ended up breaking his back riding because I Jeez. got him back into it. Yeah, about two years ago. Wow. Yep. And so he he's like, I'm done with dirt bikes. I don't want to see you ride. I'm good. And so I was like, yeah, I, can, I understand. It's all good. So, um but my parents love that I'm happy and I'm out riding. They don't really give me any pushback about it. I mean, they don't agree with me doing it. Right. But from a parent standpoint, I understand. If I had a kid, I wouldn't want them riding probably. Um, but, yeah, so here I am now. Well, your <laughs> attitude, uh, with along with a lot of the – most of the women, it seems like with the Makeup to Mud segment, is so great. You know, they don't have the same mm-hmm. stories that you have. But the fact that you, you just love it so much and you're – your outlook was so positive and that you mm-hmm. tried to involve yourself with other sports in school instead, instead of being oh poor pitiful me. That's yeah. one of the things that's so amazing about you. Like, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't even know that you had the injury. I mean, you just, no. when, when I talk to you at the track, you know, you're, you're just, like you say, you're having fun and you're happy and you're sweet to everybody. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really cool. Like the first time I ever saw you, was at Johnsonville, and I, ha- I honestly I had no idea anything about you. We were out yeah. there just practicing one day, and I came up behind a young lady is all I knew, and we were going over the downhill tabletop, going toward in that mm-hmm. back section, and like you jumped it, and I noticed you only had one hand on the bars, and I was thinking in the air, I was like, this chick's about to eat shit, <laughs> and you didn't, and then I found real, then I found out later this you know the situation, and I was so blown away because 
it's very difficult to do with two arms. Yes, very so. difficult. Ruts are not my friend. <laughs> Imagine. Um, yeah, me me and my dad came up with a joke, you know, from Scooby-Doo. Um, you know how Scooby says a rut row? Yeah. yeah. So anytime that, especially when we go to Johnsonville or Freestone or places where the ruts are gnarly, we always look at the track and we're like, uh, rut row, looks yeah. like we're not riding today. Yeah. <laughs> if the ruts are too much, but... Uh, yeah, that's one thing that my parents really do like is that I, I don't believe in limitations, but I do believe sometimes limitations can be good. Sure. Um, so for me, I know my limitations, and whenever I pull up to a track, if I see the rough, if I see the track is way too rough or way too sandy or way too muddy, I won't even waste my time with it. I'm like, I already broke my neck once. Yeah. I just want to ride and have fun. I don't want to go out and struggle and waste like 25 bucks or whatever. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, yeah, so I, I won't put myself in a bad situation or a bad race where – I can I can sit and evaluate the track and know if it's going to be okay for me to ride or not, which saves my parents a little bit more of a heart attack than when I'm already causing them. <laughs> right. So with all of the with all of the joy you get from riding, you said something that really, mm-hmm. and and I, I'm a parent of a, of a rider. My son lives and trains at Underground and and just yeah. kind of, just coming back from a broke arm. And so and the whole time I'm always messing with him. Hey, let's go play golf. Let's go do something. <laughs> but would you you really wouldn't want your kids riding? Oh no, I'm. I will get my kids into riding. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I will probably. It'll probably scare the crap out of me. But oh, it does. It, but with how much I love the sport and just how much I love extreme sports and in general, um, I would definitely get my kids into riding. And my dad even jokes around with me. It's like, well, hopefully you can find yourself a man that's into riding because you'll probably <laughs> be the man in man in the relationship if you don't. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> right. They uh. Um... So we always joke about that all the time. I'm yeah. like, I'm so into riding. I was like, man, I'd probably name my son Axel if I had a son, just because of how much <laughs> yes. of a motorhead I am. Right, <laughs> right. Cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, I know how it is. Like you said, how, how your parents feel watching my kid like out there racing. I've got to the point now. He's been racing since he's four. I sometimes, yeah. I mean, it's he kind of does his deal, and it's it's not as as nerve wracking as it was. But um, yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) My son started riding at like, I don't know, maybe at nine, eight or nine. And he didn't, he was, it wasn't for him. He didn't really. And I was glad because when he was on the track, I was a nervous wreck. And I didn't feel Mm -hmm. like I could ever go ride because I could not take my eyes off of him because I just knew he was going to kill himself. Well, the worst part about having, (laughs) the worst part about having a kid that rides, or especially if he's fast, is the fact that I have to spend money on him riding and I don't get to. Yeah. Yeah. Not not as much as I want. So he's been hurt for, well, how long has he been down? It's Almost a months. Like, like two months. It's been great because every time I'm home, I get to go ride. I don't have to worry about him. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Well, That's one thing for sure that was really hard for me um, after I after my accident, actually, is just watching. Because at the time, my home track, I don't know if um, you guys remember from back in the day, but um, Spanky, mm-hmm. he had a North Texas Motocross Park. Mm-hmm. But that was my home track at the time. And whenever I broke my neck, they really got together like as a moto family and they were so supportive like during the whole time and out of all the sports i've done like snowboarding and surfing and bmx and skateboarding all that i don't find the family like the sport family unity that i find in motocross and that's one of the things that is so hard for me to let go and why i keep coming back just because the people are so great you get so many good relationships with people at the track and everyone's just so down to earth and they just look out for each other and you don't you don't get that often. That's so rare. Because um, I love every single person in the industry. Um, everyone has treated me so well, and 
uh, given me such great support, and it's just awesome, like how just how everybody just works together so well. Yeah, we we've kind of learned that, or at least I feel that way too. Since we've started doing the show and getting to meet some of the teams and the riders, it really does feel like a big family in the pro yeah. ranks, and of course, obviously in the amateur. When we go to the tracks, all our buddies are there. It is a family, but it's really a tight knit community. Yeah, it definitely is. It's funny how how big the industry is, but how small it is too at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. Now, now Keanu, you were living in Texas, and I think you told me that did you move back to California, or are you going back and forth? What's that situation? Yeah, so I lived in Texas for a bit, and then um, I moved back to California um, to try and get more involved in the industry. And not only that, but that's home. That's where my roots are. Um, and I just really missed it. I've never really been much of a Texas girl, and I just, I really just miss Cali a lot. I'm so same I moved way. back for, yes. Same <laughs> and way. so I moved, yeah, and I moved back for a little bit, and that was kind of my first dose of reality as an adult of, oh, hey, yeah, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, so I actually ended up moving back to Texas after about three, four months. Um, but I was riding every day, which was awesome. I saw um, that on your Instagram, yeah. Yeah, because you get to ride the tracks are open every single day. Yep. So you don't have to be like, oh, I have to wait for the weekend to ride. Hey, nope. And you know what else is open in California every day? What? The beach. In yes. and out in and out burger. I knew he was yep. going to say in and out. Every, yeah. in and out. All he ever talks about is in and out burger. Dude, SoCal yeah. blood. Oh. I'm sorry. I've lived in Texas a long time. I love my Texas friends. I live so in San Cal Diego. is a million I, times better. It, it's nice out there. I'll oh, get yeah. right. But Texas Weather's is better. better. Look, in Texas, you can't go surf in the morning, they, then drive know. drive up the... You can surf. If you're an good hour, enough, you listen, can surf Galveston. Drive an hour and a half up in the mountains and snowboard, and then drive another hour uh-huh. down in the desert and ride dirt bikes. You can't do that All in Texas. And eat nope. an In-N-Out burger. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and El Pollo Loco. You can't forget that. Right, right. There is yeah. a reason that California is the most populated state in the country, even though their mm-hmm. politics are screwy. Well, I don't think the weather is really good. It, because it's, and, and it's it, a cool state. It it's is. just almost yep. it's almost as cool as Texas. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Almost. Uh, it's I, I, 100% times better cooler than Texas. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Sure. I think, no, I'm, I think I'm, I'm outnumbered here for sure. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. Hey, well, I'll tell a story when you're off there, but anyway. Um <laughs> So you're back in Texas, so we need to get you in studio sometime where you can just come in and sit in for a whole show. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I do have a place in Colorado that I am traveling back and forth to. Nice. I go back in October, and I'm there until May. Okay. Um, and I'm going to be doing that for the next few years since I'm training for the Paralympics. Yeah, I saw so, that. That's right. Tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so um, through motocross, I was actually part of Motorsport, Motosport Adaptive. And one of the guys was like, hey, you know, if you're into snowboarding, um, there's actually an adaptive snowboarding team you can get hooked up to. And I said, sweet. So I got in contact with them. And then um, one thing that's kind of led to another. And they said, hey, we have no one for the upper limb adaptive for the Paralympic USA team. And they said, there's not even a class for it yet because there's not really a whole lot of women in the upper limb that is competing in the Paralympics. And I said, okay, what, awesome. What's the up for, for somebody who's from texas and don't know anything about snowboarding what, what's the upper limb so upper limb so for the paralympics oh, limb limb oh yeah, i limb. got you upper yeah, limb yeah, yeah. i got you okay so yes. i'm sorry no no it's okay um but it's just for people who have disabilities from the waist up um so the paralympics is, is spread out but like between um what type of disabilities that you have whether it's paraplegic 
one leg, one arm, they all divide it by those classes. And since they have no classes for the upper limb women, I would be the first um, female to make the USA team for that division and actually make a class for it and start paving the way for upper limb women for the future. Um, Amazing. Yeah, which is really exciting um, because a lot of girls want to compete. There's just not a class for it. Um, So I'm hoping that I can pave the way with that. And I'm already talking to, like, some big sponsors that, like, want to get on board with me and start working with me and help raise my voice a little bit to get that heard so we can get more women involved and give them, you know, more power and um, let their voice be heard and give them that opportunity to go out and compete with the guys because the guys' classes are stacked. Right. We just need more women. It's the same as Moto. So, um, yeah, just trying to help uh, spread women empowerment through all extreme sports, really. Well, that's awesome, Kiana. Your your story is just mind-blowing to me. Just the fact, not even that, like, you know, you were on the Vegas show and everything, just what you do on a day-to-day basis and the way you ride <laughs> and the love for it is, is really inspiring because, you know, all of us every day we complain, um, you know, my, my back hurts a little bit or I have a headache or – and, I mean, you have a, a pretty significant injury in your life and you don't give a shit. You live life <laughs> to the fullest – and are doing stuff mm-hmm. that we wish we were able to be able, you know, to go out and do. And I think it's just, like I said, inspiring. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, and that's actually what kind of led me to, um, I'm starting a YouTube channel. So I can show a little bit more about what life is like disabled. Because sometimes whenever people ask me things or if I make comments about how I do things, they'll say, oh, I never thought about that. Like, <clears throat> What's the channel? I'm... I'm kind of a YouTube nut. I watch a bunch of and subscribe to people. What's the channel you're putting together? Um, I haven't set it in stone yet. I'm trying to make a few videos before I actually launch it, so I have content on there for people to start following. Yeah. Um, but I will be posting it on my social media, on my Instagram, which is at Kiana Clay twenty three. Awesome. Um, and I will be posting that probably within the next week or so. We're just finalizing some edits and everything, but. But, yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's going to be awesome. And then um, I found a publisher that wants to have me write a book, so hopefully I'll have a book out by the end of the summer. So I am busy. I got a lot going on. (laughs) Yes, you do, and and we're we're very proud of you. So uh, Thank you. That's Again, I'm I'm honored to have have the chance to meet you and be on the track with you a few times. And from the producer side, it would – I mean, you got a good voice. Come in studio. It'd be be good. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, we're we're – Basically, in Tyler, we're a few minutes from Swan, so I don't know how far away you are, but if we could ever make it happen... That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll get in touch with you about that, and we'll set that up. But, uh, Kiana, thank you so much for coming on and and being such an inspiration and just being such an awesome chick. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honestly humbled and honored by it, and I'm pretty stoked about it. So thank you so much, guys, for letting me be on here. Absolutely. Kiana, you have a good night, and um, hopefully we'll see you at the track soon. Yes, sir. You will. All right. See you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Dude, like, like she's, like, really positive. And yeah. I, a lot of I... people who have issues or, or have, like, an injury or something like that, they don't want to talk about right, it. They want right. to put it in the back burner. Yeah. And I'm, you know, but she's, well, like, like, I guess you'd say, I don't know if we were grasping or what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, she's not 
trying to hide it. She's no, like, not at all. She's, issue, she wants to talk about it. Yeah. I'm going to do the best I can. Well, I'll be honest. Awesome. When I first met her, I didn't. I was kind of scared to ask her about it because you don't know how people are going to react. But when we started in the show, I asked her earlier this year at the edge, does she right. come on? And she was all about it. And then she had changed phone numbers, and we kind of lost connection. And I, I saw her at Dallas Supercross. Actually, I was standing there talking to Alex Ray, and she right. walked up and said hi, and we talked, and I got her number again. So yeah, awesome. I, and then I, like I said, I had no idea about the makeup to mud until day of vegas which was she sounds like she's super super happy oh she is she's just a bubbly she's awesome yeah yeah so all right before we go to this next little break um let's talk about the patreon or not the patreon the the helmet giveaway all right so here's what we've come up with what we're gonna do is if you listen to this show this show you are eligible to win this helmet all you have to do is you can email me at darksidemx3 at aol i'm gonna email you you can send a direct message on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, doesn't matter, to the show account, which is Moto X Pod Show. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, I think on Twitter, it's just at Moto X Pod. Either way, send me a message, say, I heard this on the show. You go in the drawing, automatically you get one drawing. And it's not for just, I mean, we're not going to post this other places to no, be able to I'm get I'm not posting in it. it on Instagram. What we're doing, if you listen to the show, that's you how you know about it. You have to listen to the show. So, if you think about that, we're we don't get thousands and I mean we don't get twenty thousand listeners. So if you sign up, there's a good chance you could get in. Yeah, there's this. a very good chance that you you could win this helmet. Um, now listen, if you're a sick. Patreon supporter, if you are one of the paid Patreon supporters, you get three chances. Hey, what size is the helmet? It's a medium. It's a medium, and I want to yep. make sure it's everybody knows. It's a Fly F2 Carbon. Oh, sweet helmet. It's a medium, and it fits my head perfectly. Yep. So if none of y'all win it, I'll take it and the. The two-stroke oil, and I'm going to be... Right. Well, here's what we're going to do, though. So I'm not going to even show any pictures of this helmet once it's done. I'm taking this thing to Millville, and I've talked to JT, who I have to thank for getting getting this helmet for me. JT Money. Yep. I called Jason Thomas, or I emailed Jason Thomas, and he hooked it up. Um, I actually had the helmet the 24 hours later, which is pretty wow. amazing. But anyway, I'm going to take this thing to, um, to Millville. JT's going to be there, and we're going to get either Weston Pike or Blake Baggett to draw one of the names out of a hat, and that's when I'm going to unveil the helmet. We're going to do like a Facebook Live or something along those lines. And, um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. If you listen, send me your information. I need your name and a phone number. Um, And then if you're a Patreon subscriber, you get three chances each. So right now there's about – we have about 15 Patreon supporters – one yeah. of them's myself, and one of them's Mark. We we so we're out. We're not eligible. Nobody on the show is eligible. TJ. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what we're gonna do. So let us know what you think and get your information. So a listener me. is gonna win this, not just some troll that exactly that is yeah. on our social yeah. you media. You have to listen to win. So it's gonna be awesome. So that's it, guys. All right, we're about to go to a break, and we will be back with Alex Martin.
next. One of our favorite riders is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you guys need any vintage or modern graphics, check out Char at MXGirl.com and she will hook you up. So up next is uh, TLD Red Bull KTM's number 26, Alex Martin. Hey, Mark, what's up, buddy? What's happening, guys? How are you? We're doing good, man. We're uh, we just sitting here talking and talking about Glen Helen a little bit, and uh, you had a pretty good ride. Uh, I mean, are you happy with how that ended up? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Right. Um, you know, coming off Hangtown, well, coming into Hangtown, I just was like, man, I haven't raced in so long. Uh, you know, I'd done the proper preparation and and uh, made sure I was fit and testing with the bike. Everything was going good and. It was more or less like, all right, we just need to go race and see where we're at. Sure. And if, yeah, so Hangtown went well and then kind of just got a little bit of momentum with that second moto, third there. And, um, yeah, Glenn Helen, I think, is definitely another step in the right direction. Um, AP, you know, he had us, I think for the most part, he had us covered. But surprise, was surprised a lot of people, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's always, uh, I don't know, Starbike has always done well at Glen Helen. So yeah. I was, I guess at the end of the day, it was no surprise. I mean, I got my first win there on the bike. Right, in right. In 2016. And uh, so it's it's definitely going to be, there's going to be tracks where everyone kind of has their, their mojo working for them, you know. So it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I I love seeing you up there, man. You know, I've obviously become big fans of you and your brother. We're, we're all Pulp Show fans in here. So when you guys are regulars and, we always pull for you and, you know, and filthy Phil and, and seeing you guys up there. But I want to know having your brother in the same class as you, there's got to be a lot of brotherly, uh, competition, rivalry, rivalry. When he's coming up behind you and you know, he's catching you. How does, how do you like, what goes through your mind and what's, is it different than when somebody else is catching you? Oh, I mean, every rider that's behind me, um, is usually it's a different story, you know, for, yeah whether it's Zach or my brother or Joey, I mean, there's certain riders like you kind of like, know you maybe have them covered and other guys um, like Zach, he's going to charge all the way down to the end. Same with my brother. So he's going to, yeah. he's going to be on you till that final lap. And it's like, he's, he's relentless, you know? And, right. Um, yeah. He's tough for sure. And I Dermis fit. He's, he didn't win two titles just uh, by walking into it, you know? Sure. Uh, but it's, it's so much fun to, to be racing my brother. It's being the older brother. You know, there was a long period of time in my life where I was always faster, stronger, just better at everything. Right. And, uh, you know, it's been many years now where the tides kind of turned. And, uh, you know, with him winning the two titles and me being a privateer for, gosh, like seven years. And I just never had the mindset, like, that I could win. Um, it was kind of just like top ten, privateer, battling with the factory guys, but never good enough to really get that ride until, you know, 2015 with Rock River. Right. And, and now it's like I've had to adapt from these years and years of just like top 10 is fine to like going for podiums and wins. And uh, it's, it's been a fun, a fun progression. You sure. Know? And, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's definitely given me a lot of experience that I can kind of utilize now. Well, do you like that added pressure now that you're, you know, you're basically you, you feel like those top 10s that were OK before aren't good enough? I mean, how, how does do you does that motivate you or does that keep you up at night? Oh, I love it. Um, I mean, I, I, you could say I'm training harder than I've ever trained before, um, including the Osho days. And, hmm. um, you know, you get a little bit of that, the taste of that podium pie, I guess. And it's yeah. just like, oh, man, it's nice. And uh, just to be up there. And, you know, once you're up there, then it's like you go 5-5 you go five, five for fifth overall. And it's like you don't get uh, any media attention or anything. <laughs> so, you know, it's tough because you, 
you can get used to it. Um, but then if you're not putting in the work, you know, you can't just expect to be up there. So right, this, this class is tough. You brought up just something I was going to ask about, about the training. And no, you talk about you're training more now than you did with Osho. I mean, like, what's different now? What What is your... Less cycling. Yeah, <laughs> less cycling. But, I mean, like, 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 what's different? What's made the change here recently? Because, I mean, I know you're on a great bike, and, but you've done good on other bikes, too. So, I, I'm just curious about... We were talking at the beginning of the show, like, to me... If you went out and won with one one and won the overall, it wouldn't be surprising because no. you're that level, and and I'm just curious about what's got you to the point to where you're that comfortable at that level. Yeah, no, it, you brought up a funny point. It, it's interesting because I I was stoked to get uh, second overall Glen Helen, but it's like you know people aren't surprised either um, if I get second overall. But it's like, oh hey, good job, Alex, but. Being that I've kind of won and been up there before, it's kind of like expected, but then it's not a surprise either. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so back to the training thing, it's I actually do do a lot of cycling still, um, a lot of running. I, I really like running. I just think it's a good overall, probably one of the best cardio exercises you can do to kind of touch just in terms of uh, for time, you know, a 20 minute run is probably equal to like about a 60 minute cycle. Oh, wow. See, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So you get a lot more bang for your buck, especially if you're short on time with running. Um, but do a lot of core, a lot of strength in the gym, and um, it just you know you try and touch everything each week and and not be go too long with with like being off the bicycle or running or, or in the gym. Like you want to try and touch all those all those systems and just uh, have a well-rounded program. Right. One of the things you mentioned a little while ago is you know. You, you've been training, you've had a lot of time to train and get ready because of some injuries. Um, you know, I mean, first of all, you had a rough year and a half, 2017, you broke your collarbone while in second in points. And then in 18 at a one, you crashed and, and hurt your collarbone. You, you fractured it, I believe. Right. And did, then you did your wrist at San Diego. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just been like one thing. And it was actually the scapula and the collarbone back in last summer. So, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just, so you've been down for a while, but you, you've probably had a lot of time, as you said, to, to test and get ready for outdoors, but there's nothing like lining up to race. So you maybe gained something with bike prep, but lost something in race intensity. How do you overcome that mentally? Like, how do you prepare yourself to come back out and be one of the top riders? Oh, I mean, it's tough for sure. You know, with the scaphoid injury, it was unfortunate because I didn't really, we didn't know it was a scaphoid injury. Um, well, I just went and got an x-ray, I think like a couple days after San Diego, and they were like, oh, no, you're fine. And then come to find out, like I was Googling the symptoms of a scaphoid injury because literally, you know, after two weeks, it was still bugging me. And like, I just fit the profile to a T. It was like, feels like a, it won't show up on x-ray it feels like a sprain but it hurts like right in the kind of the thumb area um and like literally everything to a t so i got an mri done and then sure enough it was a scaphoid and yeah we wasted like two and a half weeks and then so then it was like another six or seven weeks until i could actually ride um so but during that time like i could still do a lot of cardio so i did a lot of cycling a lot of running and then whatever i could do in the gym without using my hand um, so I was able to get a pretty good base foundation there during that time. Yeah, that's good. I mean, at least it kind of keeps you, 
you have something to focus on when at least you can still train a little bit, even if it's just cardio and stuff like that. But. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like <laughs> I feel like us riders, uh, we, we train regardless of whether we're actually racing or not. Right. Like, we, like I would go and I would just go crazy. You know, it was, <laughs> it was nice to get out of the house and sweat a little bit and like take off some of your anger on the, right. You know, outside. <laughs> so. It was probably, I wondered though, I mean, was it also, I don't know if it was saying it was nice, but having a little bit of t- downtime because you're recently married, correct? Yeah, yep. My wife and I we got married uh, in October last fall. So uh, yeah, maybe I mean at least maybe you, maybe she enjoyed having you around the house a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we got to spend plenty of time together. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah, not the greatest circumstances. Right. Right. Well, I mean. Don't take you, it. You guys don't get a whole lot of time off. So, I mean, I guess sometimes those injuries, you know, like Christian Craig was just saying, you know, well, he, he's not going to look at any, at the negatives of being hurt. He's going to look at the positive of being home while Paige is pregnant. And, you know, you got you to gotta take those positives and maybe take a step back because the sport for you guys is almost nonstop. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, that's the thing with injuries. They come and go. And I've had, I think I had a streak of like four years where I, I made it through every supercross, every outdoor, and and I uh, didn't have an injury. And yeah. then now, you know, the last year or so, it's been kind of uh, a bit of a downer for me. So it just kind of comes and goes, I guess. And that's just the way the sport works. <laughs> sure, sure. Do you have any um, opinions on the, the tracks? You know, there's a lot of injuries this year at Supercross, a lot of talk about safety and, and things that maybe they could change. Uh, and then, you know, uh, at, at Hangtown, they took out the Fly 150 and added the uphill the uphill whoop section to try to make it safer. Then you had the issues at Glen Helen earlier in the week where they were showing some people jumping some massive, massive jumps that they ended up taking out. Like, how do you feel yeah. about that? I mean, what's going on in the industry and, and safety? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's always a fun can of worms to open right. up there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has their opinions and that people don't always get along, but I will say supercross and motocross are kind of two separate entities. You can't really, um, you know, you have uh, Menenga and the Dirtworks crew that mm-hmm. does Supercross. And, uh, you know, I think something like Rich Winkler isn't kind of involved anymore. And I think that was a big difference for Supercross is, you know, you had uh, some new guys and maybe they're a little bit uh, inexperienced or just new to the whole scene. And, I mean, I remember turning up the A1 and I, I normally, I've raced A1 many, many times in my career. And normally right. it's kind of a more of a mellow layout, like it's, get your feet wet like get the series rolling yeah yeah and i did the track walk. i was like holy crap like <laughs> this freaking gnarly like first round boom two whoop sections i think there was two whoop sections at like the first six rounds and well like, a2 it, was the one that was kind of uh everybody thought was too easy maybe but other than that yeah a1 was definitely unusual this year Oh, for sure. And well, that was the thing. Then they went to Houston. Right. I mean, I got hurt at one in the whoops. So, I mean, obviously I'm going to be bitter, but I was like, Jesus, <laughs> these are some big set of whoops. And, uh, and even then the transitions were kind of janky. And then they went to Houston and the whoops were huge there and Marv crashed in them. Yep. And then Eli was hurt. So I think for eight, by the time they got to A2, I had heard that they had a big set of whoops built and Eli was like, I'm not racing if, unless you guys knock these down. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So he literally... I mean, maybe he was the deciding factor there because um, it was getting a little ridiculous. And it seems like then after that, they kind of started making it a little bit more uh, reasonable. Right. But it's hard to say. Like, I mean, you, I don't know. You can't blame the track guys 100%, obviously. Like, the bikes are getting faster. The 450s especially are 
are so darn fast. It's actually interesting to look the last two weekends, Hangtown and Glen Helen, if you look at lap times, um, like the 450, the 250 class, the 250 class is almost faster in lap times. And we were kind of like talking about that this week, and it's like, man, is it is it getting to the point where the 450s are so fast that the chassis can't handle? Like the 500s. Yeah, and because the 250s are getting faster and faster now, but like the yeah, chassis sure. can still handle that power to the point where we can actually ride it hard for 35 minutes for the 450 guys are kind of like barely hanging on in a sense. Well, you know, that kind of shows, and you had ridden a Yamaha before, and the difference when Yamaha first like had that backwards motor, the 450 was kind of a bear to ride, kind of a, I mean, it, it was fast and it had all that, but when they put that same chassis around that 250 motor, that chassis just come alive and got so much better. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so exactly. that... That is, you know, I've never thought about that. That the, that maybe there's too much for what the what the frames can and the frames and the geometries and what and what a modern bike can handle. Yeah, they're just putting so much power into those four fifties, and, and a lot of those factory guys honestly are pretty detuned. Yeah, um, yeah, they're riding really detuned. Like I know Barsha is, is is pretty detuned, and and some of those guys. So, what? and then, and then the other side of it too, going back to track prep. Um, for whatever reason, they haven't dug the first two races. Like Hangtown was pretty hard pack and and uh, not really rough compared to typical Hangtown, and same with Glen Helen. And it's, in my opinion, it's kind of a bummer. I don't know. It just it makes it more like amateur. It's kind of an amateur feel. Right. Um, I think it's really hard to pass because the bumps don't develop until you're closer to the corner. And I mean, everyone come out of the corner and be pinned for the first fifty feet. Yeah, you know, but when it's rough all the way down the straightaway, I feel like that's when you see a lot of passes and when right. you can kind of set someone up. You well, know, we talked to Baggett earlier. He kind of kind of mirrored that same deal. But as far as from somebody watching the racing, the racing's been really good this year. Whether it's been the tracks or whether it's been just the riders, I'm not sure. But man, the racing has been really good, and and um, like. And maybe you're maybe that's what it is. The track's easy enough that the guys are just kind of all closer, closer. Yeah, yeah. No, I was watching a uh, second moto from or first maybe first moto from Glen Helen last weekend in Jeremy. My brother sat behind uh, Justin Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, Justin yeah. Cooper for like thirty five minutes, and <laughs> you know, of course, he's gonna come off and say, "Oh, the track's more lined or whatever," you know, and um, that's just. You know, well, I don't know. Well, I, I'll, I'll say this, and I've heard people talk about the one line, and I raced this last weekend at a track that everybody calls one line, and I got a good start, and I'm slow, and about 12 people passed me pretty easily. And That's because you're slow. <laughs> so everybody kept saying that it was one line. I'm like, well, those guys that went around me went around <laughs> me no problem. So, <laughs> Right, yeah, and that's part, I guess, our job, right, as riders is we got to be creative and yeah. try and find different lines. And I mean, you see Marvin, he's always kind of, outside the box thinking when it comes to putting the track together so yeah um you can get it done just well, I know for my brother he just follows people so much <laughs> <laughs> well jason anderson was pretty uh honest on the podium this week they asked you know they asked him like how, how did eli make up so much time i don't remember how it was worded and he said i don't know i would i was going as fast as i thought you could go on that track and then eli went by and i saw the lines he was taking and i saw oh that's how so yeah sometimes it just takes a different perspective i guess of finding different lines that maybe don't look like they're going to be as fast, but, but they can be. Right. Right. But, um, of course we're not at your level, so we have 
No idea what, what you guys What are you talking got. about? I can rail that 125. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so oh, Alex, yeah. you've been at the Baker's Factory training for a while. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's there's been some... We, we had the issue with Brock Tickle. Did that bring the mood down at the facility any? Was was there anything that changed where it said, hey, you guys need to be paying attention to what's going in your body? Any kind of anything like that get brought up? Um, I think, I mean, to be honest, I think it just increased the paranoia. Yeah, I would <laughs> you think know? so. Because it's like, I mean, we don't know what Brock was taking. I mean, obviously it was that methyl hexaanamine or whatever that banned substance was. Yeah. But like, in terms of products, like we don't know what he was taking and, and where he got it from. And it's like, geez, the, it could be as simple as just cross contamination. Right. And, right. You know, for like Eldon and Tyler, like I don't blame them just being like, Oh, all you need is a uh, water and a banana. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many supplements out there and a lot of supplements do help people with certain issues, whether it's low iron or, uh, you know, say you got cortisol levels that are really high. There's a lot of things that can help, but, at the end of the day, like you have to have a lot of trust in your, there's certain manufacturers, supplement manufacturers out there that you can rely and trust on. But, you know, I, like I used to in the past, like maybe I'd buy a product off Amazon and yeah, you know, maybe help me with B12 or something like that. But it's like, man, if you don't know the company's process and the manufacturing, all that stuff, and there's some sort of cross-contamination, it could be as simple as that. And sure. you're, you're out, you're out two years. And it sucks that you even have to worry about that. You know I mean? Well, it, that's, that's the whole thing that actually pisses me off. Cause it's like the people that go to a doctor and get like HGH steroids or like some sort of injection, like that's, that's bad for me. Like right. if you're taking anabolic hormones or whatever, but like if you're just going down to the, to the food store to get like vitamin C, or something like you shouldn't have to worry about vitamin C. Agreed. Agreed. It's, it's not a good process that, and you know, the water and it's the whole situation's not good. It's not healthy for our sport. Well, and, like, like I've said a qu- quite a few times, you could take the wrong supplement accidentally and get knocked out for up to four years. Or if you want to cheat, just build like a cheater bike and you only lose your points from that one round. It doesn't so, make any so sense. So if you're going to cheat, the best way to do it is to build the bike. Well, yeah, isn't that funny? I mean, yeah, you can run a three a three hundred and two fifty class, and you just get your points taken away for one race. But if you take a substance, you're out for four years. Right. A little bit jack. It doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of things, especially in the Supercross end, with rules and uh, penalties that don't make any sense. And you know, you'd yeah. like to say, well, hopefully they'll get it figured out, but they, you know, they haven't yet, and it's so they probably never will. Um, yeah, it's a it's a bummer for sure. I feel bad for Brock because effectively yeah. it's kind of ended his career over here in the U.S. You know. Yeah, I know he's appealing, else. and God, I hope it works out. But it, if history shows us anything, it probably won't work out. Yeah, I mean, nothing ever came of James Stewart's whole deal, and that I mean, he's probably had a lot more money through at it. You know? Right, <laughs> right, and you know, Cade Clayson's still dealing with it. You know, he's a lower level, unfortunately. You know, but still, he, his. His American career was pretty much ruined, also. Right, right, yeah. It's it's definitely pretty unfair, and and like I said, yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't be worried about, you know. I know. I mean, you can go into a vitamin shop or GNC, and you can buy that pre workout stuff. And, yeah. I mean, it it shouldn't just be that easy to fail the test. You know, you should have to like, yeah, like have it some sort of serious stuff going on. But uh, agree. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Well, Alex, I got two more for you. Um, 
your your contract is up at the end of the season. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So does that does that motivate you in any other way, or do you just do about business as, as usual? And I mean, do, does it change anything in what you do preparing for next year? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm taking this year pretty serious, and you know, fitness wise, uh, training, it's maybe in the back of my mind, but uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, it's. I've been. I was a privateer for so long, and just going year to year. That I mean, last year was the first time I ever had a two-year contract in my whole life. So, um, it's not really any different, I guess. I'm just approaching it race right. to race and trying to take it serious. I mean, ultimately, with with good results will come a contract, and it's sure. like I mean, I, I'm in it to try and get this championship this year. I mean, that's that's the goal is to win the 2018 outdoor title, but. Um, and with that will come, will come a ride. So absolutely. Yeah. I think with your ability and your personality also, which I think definitely plays a part in teams giving rides. I think that's a big part. I think you, you don't have anything to worry about. I was just curious if you thought about it, like you said, in the back of your mind at all. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, I'd like to think it helps, you know, coming out first two rounds being on the podium. So absolutely. (laughs) No, not at all. No. no. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. my last question is, um, you're fa- are you familiar, I think you are, with Daniel Blair's show, Main Event, and his producer, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, Joe. yeah, so tell me, uh, you know, you're, from your point of view, how the whole uh, Joe, pr- producer Joe says, you know, you're his son, and how, how did that come about? What do you know of that story? Because I, I find it very funny, and I love producer Joe. Machete. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, I, uh, just, but so random. Yeah. Um, I've, I've never met the guy, and I don't really know 100% what he looks like. But I don't <laughs> I even mean, know if he really exists. Yeah, see, I'm I'm the producer here on this show, but yeah. definitely producer Joe is the coolest producer out of everybody's. Producer. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, like the Instagram page in itself is just absolutely hilarious, and how they you know kind of call Jeremy like the the stepchild. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the black sheep of the family, whatever. I I just get a kick out of it. I think it's funny. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm good friends with Daniel and I texted him that you were coming on last week. And then when you weren't able to, I was like, man, ask producer Joe, what is up? What happened? You know? So they, they talked about <laughs> it on air a little bit and he said, oh, man, there was just business to handle business to handle. So oh yeah, yeah. anyway, yeah. I just thought I wanted to get your, your point of view from it. Cause it's definitely funny and it's cool. So. Yeah, I know. It's always uh, fun to have those people out there on the social media websites hyping it up, you know? Absolutely. the brother rivalry. (laughs) Well, Alex, man, thank you so much for giving us some of your time tonight and coming on. I know you're busy, and we really look forward to seeing what you do at Lakewood and love to see you get it up on the uh, box again and maybe get a win. Yeah, yeah, I I always uh, feel pretty good at Lakewood and did pretty well there last year, so. I'm excited, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good night. All right, you too, Alex. Thanks thanks so much, man. All right, thanks, guys. All yeah. right. Good interview. Dude, he's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you, you expect that because he's the good on pretty much everybody's. Right. Especially like Pulp and all that kind of stuff. So always curious about these guys. You hear them on the Pulp show, and they're like... When they're buddies with Mathis. They're buddies with Mathis. Yeah. But then... When they come on some janky show like ours that they don't know who we are and they're kind of the same person, it shows you that they're just good people. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I got to talk to Alex at Lakewood last year. That's when we met him, and he was super friendly. And he, he did say, like, he said, yeah, as long I asked him if he'd come on our show, and he said, as long as I'm not scheduled to be on Pulp. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I understand, man. Pulp's got to come first. I get it. So, 
Hey, before we go to this next uh, break, we'll bring up the helmet again. Guys, the uh, helmet giveaway is a really cool thing. It's one of our cooler giveaways. I'm going to like make me like a, a fake account somewhere and sign up for it. Well, I think when I realize that I have to send it to your address, that, <sighs> or if I see you wearing it. Dang so, it. Yeah, no, we're going to give it to one of our fans. You guys, remember to send me uh, a DM or an email, darksidemx3 at AOL. And let us know you're listening, and I'll get you guys entered, and it'd be really cool. I'd love to. I can't wait to see who wins this thing. I can't wait to see what it looks like. I can't wait till they shut down AOL. And what are you and Jason gonna do? I guess I changed. I don't know why everybody makes a big deal out of the email <laughs> thing. It's that was my original email. I don't. Why would I change it? All my contacts are in there. You may want to go get dark side at that the, your same thing at maybe gmail just i have one hey okay, there you go i use that for when i for my junk mail and stuff for your porn yes my my porn and my <laughs> the um what, what are the much. what are the it's gonna break it's okay. just too much the, the, the pills the blue pills what are those things the penis pills <laughs> what are those things called we're going to break bike not bike <laughs> yeah, don't go to break yet we gotta figure out what it's called what are those things called i don't know Oh, Viagra? There you go. There you yeah, go. that's where you are I old. I yes. forgot about that. Guys, we are back, and our next guest is brought to you by Five Star Roofing of Texas. If you need a residential or commercial roof, if you need uh, fences, composite, custom patios, pergolas, or even metal buildings, Chad Mayo and Five Star Roofing of Texas can handle it. Give them a call at 214-402-8565 or visit them at www.fivestarroofingoftexas.com. And like I said, they are bringing you our next guest. It is Monster Energy Pro Circuits number 182, Garrett Marchbanks. What's up, Garrett? Manchild. What's going on? Not much, man. We are just sitting here talking some moto. Uh, we just got off the phone with one of your uh, competitors, Alex Martin. Now we get to talk to the rookie sensation. How are you feeling after two rounds? I've been feeling great, honestly. Uh, the first one was just uh, great to do. It was a huge opportunity to get to do something I've been wanting to do uh, since the beginning. But uh, it was a big learning experience going from Hangtown to Glen Helen and knowing I was able to top 10. Uh, but yeah, uh, Glen Helen was really good. Uh, First moto was great. Was running sticks and then made a dumb little mistake in the last lap and Joey got by me. But uh, next moto got a not the best start and came back to ten. So, so at what point, like, when did you know you were going to be uh, racing these nationals? I mean, did you know way in advance or did it happen because of injuries to other riders? Um, honestly, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> we're planning. We were pushing really hard for 
their hangtown. Okay. And uh, so you came in the first of the year, getting ready for hangtown. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to get in for hangtown, and if not, uh, for sure, uh, the last two rounds. But, yeah. Uh, they say my results were good, and uh, then they have AC, Adam, and uh, Martin get hurt. Right. I think they, I was doing well there, so they, they're like, all right, uh, I think you got a shot. So they threw me out there. So. And, and how, how uh, mentally prepared do you think you were to line up at Hangtown with you know the best riders in the world? And obviously, you're one of the top amateurs in the country. I mean, you, you uh, 2017, you won the AMA Amateur Motocross Racer of the Year. 2014, you were the Youth Racer of the Year. I mean, no no doubt you have the ability, uh, and, but, but coming in and lining up with that many ma- amazing riders has got to be kind of almost awe-inspiring. Yeah, for sure, Uh Heck, it's just like I said, it's huge for me to be able to race those guys like Zach Osborne and Aaron. Yeah. Alex Martin or uh, Jeremy Martin, like they're all champions and or have won races. And uh, yeah, like my confidence was great. Uh, I was a little nervous at first, but after a while, just getting the practice out here in California with all those guys for six weeks and getting to see where my speed was at. Uh, honestly, like getting to the last two weeks. Before the national, I was pretty confident with my speed, and for sure, hoping to run top ten. So, coming into this, since you have been kind of planning it for this year, can you speak to what the like the big difference is between the full race PC bike and, I guess, a mod bike that you would have rode as an amateur? Like, I mean, how close are the bikes? How much better? All that kind of stuff. Uh, I would just say, just PC has a lot more like technology. You say just I don't know, just, I think they know what they're doing. So does the amateur side of it, but I think just the difference for how much time they put in and what they're doing with all their guys, it's just incredible what PC has. But, yeah, the bike difference is a pretty good difference from amateur to pro. Like, I don't know, I, I've been happy with the bike so far and haven't had any complaints with it. So <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine. How is uh how is it riding for Mitch? Uh, riding for Mitch, actually. Heck, uh, it's been great. Uh, haven't haven't had a problem yet, and hopefully we don't. And but yeah, <laughs> just, I I uh, been wanting to ride for him since I was ever since the beginning. So sure. it's uh, it when I got to do something like that and go pro. So, so how how are you at testing? I know it's something new for a lot of the amateurs coming in. Like, did y'all do a lot of testing as an amateur, or is it all new to you as you've turned pro? Um. The testing part, we did a uh, after Super Minis when I got on the 250s, I started testing a little more. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But I didn't test a whole, whole lot. But after I start when I got on the PC, just like I think we tested for heck three weeks straight. Oh wow! And it was just it, it was pretty cool to get the experience to do that also, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, just. Got to learn a lot with suspension and even uh, get the ride with Ivan Stefko. Yeah, he that's cool. He taught me a lot what to do and what to do with the bike, how the bike works. And Yeah, you can't yeah, get much got... better at the tester than, than hot sauce. What's that? I said you can't get much better better of a tester than Tedesco. Oh, no, no, for sure. Uh, he, he's, he's awesome, so 
So what so far, I know we're only two rounds in, but what's the most surprising thing that you've had to deal with or learn or experience in the first two rounds of your nationals? Uh, for sure, uh, endurance. Uh, I remember just in the amateurs, like, heck, I just, there's hardly any motos besides probably at Loretta's where it was 100 degrees certain days out there. Right. But uh, just the endurance has been crazy. Like, definitely you get tired of that second moto for sure because you're, you're just the amateurs, you're just sprinting the whole time, but you're only doing five to six laps, 20-minute motos at that. So, yeah, it's just, I think, just endurance and learning the role with that, the first five guys in that pack, uh, just to be able to sprint with those guys and get up there. Yeah, I can definitely see that as being that. I mean, that's probably the hardest thing. And then, just to me, as an amateur, I can't even imagine coming up and lining up with these guys that are, you know, just like I said, the, the top for 30 minutes. Yeah, the, the fastest guys in the world, knowing that I got to try to compete with them for that long. Jesus, I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah, for sure. I, I was a little nervous at first, but uh, I got my strength coach, Cody, and uh, Ivan Tess, who's actually been working with me on the side also uh, as a trainer. And uh, with all that, I think it's just been a, a great group and uh, just helped me with 30s and sprints and everything. Right. Uh, you know, I'd be able to be where I'm at with those guys if I didn't have their help. But for sure, uh, I don't know, it's just, been a big experience because like you have the guys in certain amateur classes to where you can do 20 minute moto and half the guys in the class are going to drop drop the pace that right right halfway through and you got these guys the top 10 doesn't drop the pace by maybe a second or two and and you're just getting past (laughs) so well i asked you a minute ago about mitch what when you, he first talked to you about coming and riding for him and, and doing these nationals, did he put any kind of expectations on you, or did he just say, hey, look, just finish? What did he say to you? Uh, it was more just kind of finish each moto strong, and uh, I think just more top ten everything and finish the season strong and not get hurt. And uh, yeah, For sure, I've seen a lot of riders, a lot of rookies the past couple of years just getting hurt or not staying healthy and – I think that's pretty hard on a lot of people because they don't get the experience that first year from getting hurt within the first three rounds. Yeah. So I think my goal this year is just every moto top 10 and uh, finish every moto. So I thought that was a pretty good goal for me. So not too many amateurs the past three years I've seen top 10 or finish a whole season. So So you're you're – like like we've talked about, I said it quite a few times. So new into this pro stuff, have you got a chance to just stop and and like sit back and realize that the goal you've been shooting for for so many years, you've made it and just let it all sink in yet, or is it still just going, going, going? Uh, I think it's still just going, going, going. Uh, <laughs> I don't. It, it was kind of it hit me pretty hard at first, just kind of like realizing, oh man, you're at Hangtown, you're going to be racing with all these guys that. Have one one this and they know what they're doing i i'm just walking their territory and trying to act like i know what i'm doing if you know what i mean but uh <laughs> but yeah hang town i was just kind of like just not be so nervous uh kind of ride like you know the ride and just i don't know, stay confident but 
Well, looking at your results and you know, and being able to watch it on TV a little bit, you you definitely, I mean, in the top ten is amazing, and you're only going to get better, you know, as your experience grows and you get more comfortable with the bike and the team. So, you you definitely have a bright future, and you definitely should have uh, be proud of that. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. So, um, coming out of the amateurs at your level, there. The, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of um, expectations. The, the the amateur scene has changed quite a bit in the last probably 20 years. Did you feel that as a kid growing up, you know, Team Green and like, hey, we have to do well. Uh, you know, I don't know how the money situation works with the teams and the families. But, I mean, as a kid, did it take away from the enjoyment of the racing to know that, you you know, you have to win, you're expected to win? Or did you even feel that at all? Um, me and my family, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of pressure, even from the, actually the age of nine, uh, me and my family didn't have a lot of money at the time when I was younger, and for me to go to Loretta's and make it and actually win my regionals or top three was a huge deal, so my dad realized after a while just how expensive the sport is, uh, if you don't have a ride by 65s or even the 80s, it's hard to keep going, yeah. and, uh, I just remember my dad's word uh, when I was nine years old at Loretta's. He's like, man, if you don't do good here, get a ride, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do this. And so that, that kind of put a little bit of pressure on me. Yeah, that's and, a lot. Uh, for me to do well, so, and actually one is an uh, first alternate that year. Uh, something happened with our paperwork, and we didn't get it in in time, so I was the first alternate, and uh, a buddy of mine from Arizona actually got hurt that made it. So I made it in, uh, one out, ran faster time practice, one, and got a ride with Team Green after that. And after that, just kind of moved on. But, yeah, like, it wasn't a huge deal after a while. Uh, I think not until probably 2014 when I started winning mm-hmm. more and more. And um, I think it was just after that, after winning in 2014, we are like, well, you're either – got to keep pushing it or who knows if you're going to get a ride for pro because a lot of contracts now are signing for when you're on 85. Right, right. right. Like D. Francesco and stuff like that. Jet, yeah. Yeah, and Jet Reynolds and my – so, yeah, it was just – for me, it was just – not even my dad putting pressure on me, but it was even me putting pressure like, man, you got to keep working. But at 13 years old (laughs) – and the super mini class, or I think it's 13 or 12, it was just a lot of pressure for me. So it was like just a lot of work and just keep pushing to get the ride. So, yeah, I, I signed my contract with PC uh, my last year on super minis. Okay. Because uh, I, I was a little big on mini bikes. So my Nuh-uh. last year <laughs> when I was 13, yeah. So. Yeah. See, I asked Ryder D and Jet at Freestone a little bit about that, you know, because I don't. I'll be honest, I didn't really follow the, the amateur scene a whole lot, but I'm trying to, to learn more about you, those guys because it really is – it's really intense racing. But I, I want to know, though, you know, with especially kids that age, like Ryder's a young kid, he still needs to be a kid at times. And how does that affect you and what do you do? Like for you, Garrett, what did you do to get away from the sport when you could and to maybe, you know, relax? What else do you like to do? You know, t- talk about that a little bit. Uh, heck, uh, I know my dad was definitely the guy that was never wanted time off off the bike. It was right. just always driving, always driving. 
So it was kind of hard to get even a week off the bike at certain times unless we did incredible at Loretta's. And that was kind of a nice thing at Loretta's. I won both championships back-to-back, so I was able to get two weeks off. But after that, it's just back to the grind. So mainly for me, honestly, I would just try to have fun on my bike at the end of the day, like go hit jumps or throw whips. Or A lot of it actually was... Uh, Trail riding. I want. I did a lot of trail riding when I was younger. Cool. Uh, at the end of the week, on weekends, to just get my mind off the racing and just have fun with it. Sure. I'd go burn almost five gallons trail riding <laughs> on a two-stroke when I would get bored. But but yeah, like me, a lot of my buddies and I uh, raced and trained together when I lived in Utah full time, and uh, we would go camping a lot. Okay. Like camping and uh, fishing, hunting that 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 was just my lifestyle, and that's how I got away from the racing part. So well, that's good. You need to stick with that. You know, I mean, you got to find time because I mean, you're still young, and I'd hate to see you get burnt out. And we and we see that sometimes. You know, guys like you know Ryan Villapoto was just he didn't want to be there. You know, it was only a job, and that's all it was. And I mean, I I hate to see that in this sport because it is so much fun. And in the, in the beginning we all get into it because it's fun. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, for me, like I've always tried making it not a job, but you got to look at always at the other side of it. It is your job. You got to do well, you got to perform and that's how you get your contract and sure. all those other good things. And for me, it was just, I don't know. I just, I tried to split it up 50, 50, but there's also times to where like, and before I went pro, I was just me and my my first goal was just man, I want to I want to go pro. That's my thing. Like I want to be one of the youngest riders to ever go pro at 16, and be able to do that. So, but yeah, uh, after I got told and was told I was going pro at at Top Classic, Kyle uh, hit me right there at once. I was like, man, this is kind of weird. Uh, the amateurs <laughs> and going pro now and you race there almost every weekend and but yeah it was definitely fun we tried to at the end of the days or our days off we definitely try to go to the beach or right hang out or do some fun stuff like that well, so. you, need, you need to get you a win so you can get that big win bonus and then you can go buy yourself a toy of some kind yeah it's, yeah right <laughs> it's cool to hear like you going hunting or fishing yeah. or or going to the beach, like most of the time, the kids nowadays when they're off the bike, they're just sitting around playing video, video games. games. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like me, I, I, I play, I play a little bit at night just because Fortnite in California. Actually, yeah, I just heard that two weeks ago. But I, <laughs> at first, I think that was the dumbest game at first because I was terrible at it. But <laughs> that's how but it works. That's how it works. When you're not good at it, you're like, this game is stupid. Then you start winning. You. You may get, like, top three in a round. You're like, maybe I have a chance. It's kind of like golf. I don't even know what Fortnite is. I keep hearing it, seeing things on Instagram about so it. So I've but... got – I don't know if you um, – I've got a son, a Doc Smith, who's an upcoming kid. No, not on your level, but, you know, he's got some Team Green support. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. But, yeah, that's what they do. Him and all of his buddies, they, they train full-time, and then when they're not training, they're playing Fortnite right now. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. My – that was kind of funny. So that a lot of my parents were absolutely hated it, and uh, the only way I got my first ever Xbox was if I won Loretta Lynn. And <laughs> my dad's like, "If you win Loretta's, I'll buy an Xbox." And I'm like, "That's it, an Xbox." And but in my head, I was like, "Man, that's what I want." Right? Yeah. Nine-year-old wants, and 
Like, I see kids nowadays that are spoiled, like, I'll go out and forgot who it was, some kid in the, I think, 85 class that I, tra- I trained with uh, last summer. Uh, and like, well, if you just make Loretta's, I'll buy, uh, uh, what is it, those Honda Groms. Jeez, oh, wow. Nice. Well, I, I got to say, my, my son's coming off of a broke wrist, and and he hadn't ridden yet at the time, and I told him, well, if you come back, if you win your regional, if you win one of your classes at the regional, I'll buy you a new mountain bike because that's what he wants, a new mountain bike. But then he rode yeah. yes, he rode yesterday in the and or was it I guess Saturday Saturday, Saturday and I watched him and I'm like crap I'm out five hundred dollars because just kid, go buy him a Walmart bike for eighty five bucks. That's, I told him that's what I told him. He's yeah. not happy about that. <laughs> well, he should get a job then. <laughs> but now I'm like crap. I'm out probably five or six hundred dollars yeah. because he's riding good already. So, <laughs> hey Garrett. So my last question for you is: uh, Growing up, who were your idols racing? Who'd you look up to? Who'd you want to ride like style wise? Um, style-wise, um, I actually never really paid attention to style much, but it was that's kind of a funny thing, but I always loved James Stewart when I was little. Just, I don't know what it was, but I don't know. It actually, yeah, it was part of the style. <laughs> I loved just how he threw the bike around, but not even that, just the rhythms he did in Supercross was just crazy. Like, I remember watching, I think it was 2014 or 15 in Detroit or something, he remember Watson come from 14th place to winning that man. Yeah, event. yeah. The only one going like quad, quad, <laughs> quad in the rhythm and then triple, triple. Well, yeah, you and know something. Oh, go ahead. And Dungey and, I don't know, it was just, that was a pretty cool race. But, I don't know, just since I was five years old, he's probably been one of my favorite and uh, Ryan Dungey and uh, Trey Kennard, but. Yeah, we're big Kennard fans here. And Kennard was almost at the, at the at that level sometimes of Stewart, where he could just throw it down and yeah. speed wise. Yeah. So. Well, cool, Garrett. Man, it was really great getting to talk to you tonight and getting to know you a little bit. Um, look look forward to seeing you. Um, I should be at Tennessee and Millville, so I really look forward to getting to say hi to you again. And really appreciate you taking some time tonight to talk to us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me on here. Absolutely, man. Great talking to you, and like I said, we'll see you soon at a race, man, and good luck this weekend. Go get a win. Yep, thank you so much. All right, Garrett, take care. All right, you too. Bye. Dude, it's a very well-spoken young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, and, and the other, I don't know if you listened to the show because you weren't here that night that we had the other amateur kids on, like Ryder. And, right. Um, I listened, I did listen Hunter to Hunter Yoder, and I mean, those kids were very well-spoken, and that's good. I think, you know, it shows that they're not just riding. Obviously, their parents are having some impact on them, and they're they're getting their education. It seems like, and that that's good to be a well round, well rounded person. Well, I don't know, I don't know Jet or Yoder, but uh, De Francesco, I've got to talk with him a little bit and been around him, and the kid's just real. I guess, yeah, yeah. he's just. I mean, I know he's amateur phenom and he's about the dirt bikes, but he's just a kid, he's, man. He, he, yeah, he's just being a kid. Which That's he, my little buddy. Him and his <laughs> mechanic Ikua, like we 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 communicate, we text back and forth a little bit, and yeah, man, he's just they really. I have to say, I really took a liking to him at Freestone when I got to meet him. I was like, this kid is just fun, man. I, he's just a regular kid. Did I tell you the story about him going fishing with Doc? Yeah, yeah, yeah you and, did. Yeah, and he was the uh, all these prissy kids that wouldn't right. touch the worms. He just. Dug yeah, his hand yeah. In there and ripped the worm in half and put it on the hook. Yeah. It was awesome. He's just a kid, man. He's not. He doesn't. He takes it serious, but like he doesn't take it so serious that it's like, um, yeah, uh, like you worry about the kid, you right? Know? Well, you want to try giving Mark a call real quick? Let's see if he's in. 
Yeah, let's do uh, that. Yeah, we told I told him about this time, so we'll see if he answers. He may not answer my phone calls though. Uh, well, if he doesn't, then I guess <laughs> I don't know what to tell him because we got, we got another call I'm making a little bit. That's right. That's it, gonna it, be the hopefully. Fun one. Well, yeah, hopefully it'll work out. So well, it'll be good because Mark's not on the call <laughs> for that one. <laughs> Hello, Muscle Mark. What up? What up? What you doing today? Oh, out here in the Thunderdome, son. Are you actually working or are you still training? No, no, I'm on working now. We're at, we got out of training, so it, uh, I'm staying in a hotel right now. The hard life. Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. No, they they give us uh, – we have crew change in the morning, so we had to stay in a hotel tonight. We'll be in a man camp the rest of the time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you you so, laying around watching the rewatching Glenn Helen on your NBC Sports Gold app? No, I need to I need to watch uh, two fifty. I haven't watched the second two fifty motor yet. So oh wow! I, yeah, dude, I need to watch it. But well, we just got done talking to a couple of those guys, Alex Martin and Garrett Marchbanks. Sweet, yeah, that Marchbanks kid is. Uh, I think he's legit. He looks yeah. good out there, and he's very well spoken. Like we were just talking about. It just seems to be a down to earth kid. You know, I mean. I guess some of the kids come in and you kind of have this feeling that maybe they're going to be, you know, not just. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, but so far, like, like, like Jamie said, most of these kids, most of these riders, they're just, they're just normal people. They're blazing fast on a dirt bike. Yeah. The ones we've talked to, like we're saying, just, they definitely have good personalities and they're, they're not robots. That's why I like uh, that's why I like Austin Fortner. He's always really cool, right? You know, and he could have been he could have been one he could have been the cool kid, and he would never acts like that. Yeah, yeah, I do like that. I like the fact that these kids have personalities and they they're human. Definitely, definitely. Well, heck yeah, man! You talked to uh, y'all had Alex Martin on tonight, right? Yeah, Alex Martin. Well, we had Blake Baggett first, Kiana Clay, Alex Martin, then Garrett. Martin. Okay, I got to get to this. That was TJ able to contain himself with Blake Baggett on the line. Yeah, I mean, he did try to invite himself to come help work on the track. I'm always, I'm, I'm never going to give up on that. One yeah. of these days, I will get an invite to ride out there. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, and then after that, I think I can. I'm, I'm done with, with the show. It's over. That's the only reason why I'm part of the show, just to get an invite. <laughs> oh, I've already. I told Keeley to not ever let you come. Tell Blake he's dangerous. <laughs> no. I think Blake's had a little bit of a slow start, but he'll kick her up and get going real good. He's just giving soon. he's just giving everybody a head start, just so you know what I mean. Give him a chance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I got a question for you. I asked TJ this earlier a little bit, and what do you think about when the two fifties? Jeremy Martin's been training with Eli in Colorado at Elevation. Do you think that gives him much of an advantage? Uh, Lakewood, yeah, for sure. It's kind of what I think. I pick. I'm picking him to win this weekend. Yeah, if you're gonna pick one for him to for sure, you know, like a for sure thing, it's either there or Millville. Millville right? You know? Yeah, Millville's another big one. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, definitely. I don't know if you ever spent any time in altitude, but it uh, it makes a huge difference if oh, you yeah. you know if you're acclimated to it. Yeah, yeah. Walking up and down those hills at Lakewood last year was pretty killer. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I remember anyway. the first time I worked out with my brother up there. My brother lived in Colorado for like 15 years. The first time I went up there and actually did some training with him, I was dead in 10 minutes. Right. Know? Yeah, it's, it, it definitely makes a difference. You're like Mentally going up there, I'm thinking it can't be that much different, but it obviously is. No, yeah. You don't realize it until you start physically exerting yourself either is when right. it sneaks up on you. Yeah, well, but, that's the last thing I need because I can't hardly breathe when we're out here riding at TJ's house, so. Neither, neither can I. I'm with you on that. Yeah. How so, many laps do you think you made Saturday? Not, not enough. Three? 
No, <laughs> more than that, but yeah, not yeah, enough. I think you sure. rode more than you have out here yeah. as far as lap-wise. I was, dude, I don't know what it is. These ti- Those tighter tracks, man, I just they wear me out. I do better on the lot of work and stuff. Yeah, because it's actually work. You can't just sit down and twist the throttle. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, I, I was the same way. I was telling TJ, I think I told TJ, maybe I was telling I got work, but <laughs> I was watching the GoPro footage trying to see if I got anything good, and every time, like, when... I'd stop for a second and the bike would be at idle or whatever. All you could hear on the GoPro is me sucking wind. Right. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. I was, I was so like focused on my front end, not sticking anywhere because it kept wanting to dive that I just wasn't, wasn't riding. I wasn't focused on actually just riding the way I should. And it was just, I'd get tired too easily for that reason. And, okay i mean it happens what do you do well i felt i'm glad y'all came over and ride and i got to ride with you know before the race i felt really good on the bike at the race i mean obviously i was still slow but that extra time definitely made a difference i think so definitely definitely riding here i don't know how much it actually helps you at swan but i think it's technique i think what riding here does is what i need is technique like i was telling tj i have never been good at keeping my fingers on the levers like i hold the grips and when I need the brakes or the clutch, I reach for them. And, that, and that's not proper technique, but riding out here, I was really focusing on trying to go slow, but use the brakes, use the clutch, you know, get my leg out, which I didn't do a very good job at it all the time, but at least it, it focuses on what you need to do to go fast. I don't know what it is about uh, sandy surfaces, but I always forget to stand up more. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's where you really need to. Right. Like, I don't have any problem with that on – like swan or anywhere like that but i always forget like i'm worried about my front end taking that dip you know well if you just put that gut a little farther forward on the tank it probably helped that front end it would would. i'm working on getting rid of that i think dark side just fell out of the seat yeah i'm here i'm fine i can't say nothing because i'm I'm right there with you Uh, listen my 125 was he has his ruggling he has his ego to keep him centered down on the bike that's so, right you know. we were going we were at swan and on the start i got uh, a good jump with like everybody right there next to me and as soon as everybody shifted my bike was just blah. Was, <laughs> i'm like the, the few times that i don't enjoy riding a 125 is doing starts on, next to the 450s so they lock them both that other one's not sorry he's at work yeah, he's, sorry guys i was letting no, somebody good. in the room well, we just wanted to give you a call real quick and say hi and check in on okay. you. Okay. Well, yeah, appreciate it, man. Good talking to y'all. Yep, yep. We're going to try it. We got one more little segment we're going to try to do, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. All right. Well, y'all be good. Okay. Right, take care, Mark. Later, bud. See you. Okay, guys. That was Muscle Mark. Um, so, yeah, real quick, let's talk about our sponsors again real quick. You guys know them all. Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, Five Star Roofing of Texas, uh, Mad Jack Synthetics, Ams Oil distributor, Dane Evans. Yeah, go go visit those guys. Uh, All Sport Dynamics. Use our sponsors. Even if you just contact them and say, hey, I heard about you, you know, on the Moto X Pod show, and I, you know, just looking for some information, something, you know, give them, give them a holler because that lets them know that you guys are listening. That's right. And then, of course, Patreon, man. If you guys want to win that helmet and you want more chances, you got to sign up and subscribe to Patreon. Contribute. That's seriously, a few dollars a month. Yeah. Doesn't usually, I mean, like, I, think, I have other people that, that are you know that make videos like that, and we help that I help them out with Patreon and that kind of stuff because right. a few dollars a month doesn't make that big a difference to me, and I'm I'm cheap, and so if if <laughs> I could if I could help out uh you know somebody a contributor to to a um a video or a podcast or whatever then we know y'all can afford it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I contribute to Pulp, you know, and not that he needs it, but I believe in what he does, and I, I like the fact that he puts out so much content. So, you know, and that's not cheap, man. Going to all the races and all the equipment he has, and he has paying sponsors that help out with that. But Dude, I got to looking at it the other day, though, as far as that goes, the guys that are signed up with that with that stuff that you and I talked about putting together for the, for the Patreon people, uh-huh. they're probably going to be ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got some pretty cool gift packages coming for our patron guys but i'm sitting here looking right now so i'm not gonna give you names away but yeah we have two guys that are donating a dollar a month we have one that's doing three dollars we've got like six or seven that are doing five dollars and then we've got a couple that are a little bit more than that so i mean it doesn't you and don't have to donate 50 bucks a month you know no, but, dude that, i'm telling you that dollar a month yeah. makes a difference it all adds i'm up. sitting here looking at a stack of moto x pods show stickers that we have that we give away when when listeners ask or when we see people at races and you know those cost money so that's the kind of stuff we try to do We're, we want to do shirts we want to do stuff that uh you guys like you know and of course we want to go to as many races as we can and get some content yep at the races from these guys just and like Matthews does. yeah yeah and meet you guys and so yeah, anything you guys can do helps, and we really appreciate it. I know it, you probably the commercials aren't what you guys want to hear, but it helps us out, and there's a reason that Mathis has so many commercials is it pays the bills. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll quit talking about that. Uh, we're going to take another break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. guys we're back and we're about to try to call into the pulp mx show while daniel blair's on see if we can get on air yeah we're gonna hijack their show so just hang tight guys i actually like even want to listen even more now pulp mx show who's this it's dark side and uh, DJ TJ with the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? What's up? What up? What's up, man? Um, we're just finishing up with Justin Cooper. Yeah, yeah, we've been watching. We've been watching on Facebook Live. That's what we do there oh. in our show. We just watch <laughs> y'all's show when y'all like. Oh, man. You guys are creeping. Yeah, well, yeah, we got to learn from the best, man. We're, we're taking notes. <laughs> oh boy, that's a scary thought. <laughs> Unfortunately, TJ can't take any notes from you though. You're, we can't see you. Uh well yeah it's probably for the better honestly he, he'll he'll be better off not taking us I don't know about that he might be the worst producer in podcast history I don't believe that <laughs> I, I am I'm I'm at least th- I mean I'm in third uh, the coolest <laughs> we've said is definitely uh, producer, producer Joe. Joe he's the coolest 
the most the the smartest is you, and then I just have a makeshift studio. So that's kind of how it works. Uh, so we were just gonna say hi, and I got a got a couple questions about this season. All right. All right, guys. One sec. All right. Yep. Parkside, what's up? What's up, man? Like I was saying, we uh, we just were finishing our show, and we wanted to call into the best show. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Much better than main event moto, that's for sure. Well, and, the, and the janky moto X pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Definitely hey, better than those. The first thing I want to say is if somebody is not a hockey fan, they need to watch last night's game. God, I've heard about this all night long. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great game. It was a fantastic Stanley Cup game. Uh, one of the better hockey games I've ever seen, and I've seen lots. Dude, I could hardly breathe last night. I was on the edge of my seat watching that game. That was amazing. So, yeah, I'm a fan all in now. Okay. So, hey, so um, just I wanted to see if you guys – I know Daniel's in. There's all these rumors about some big kind of announcement tonight. I wanted to see if I missed anything. Announcement of what? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. Are you guys going to, like, have some superpower pod show now, or what's up? No, no, we are not announcing anything like that. No, no. I, I, I made it perfectly clear on Twitter where we decided not to buy pulp. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't okay. even, I don't even like Daniel. So, all right. Well, we just wanted to call in and, uh, like I said, say again how much we love what you guys do and how much we appreciate everything your shows do, Mathis. It's uh, keeps my day, me going during the day. Yeah, you hear that, Daniel and JT? My shows. My shows. Tony, it's at the big time. Well, yeah, that's what that's the problem is. And I, I'd like to say as the producer over here, Darkside does a great job with the show and everything, but the amount of attention y'all give him with the ponytail, like, wait, it's his ego is getting out of control. He won't even not pit true. with us at the track anymore. He's like, we're not cool well, enough. I mean, it's just to, out of control. To leave room for the, he, leaves, he needs to leave room for the pony to pit. <laughs> He's a one-man fire kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of what he said is true, man. My ego is as it, it always is. was. But we it's just wanted to call in real quick at the end of our show. We had Alex on tonight. We knew you had Jeremy on. We thought that was kind of cool. But just call in and say uh, thanks, man, and and to Daniel. Daniel knows how much I love his show. He's he's a good buddy. Heck yeah, dude. His show sucks. All right, thanks, Arthur. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Thanks. All right, see you. So, like, basically, he gives nobody love. Like, yeah. Daniel's sitting in there, and he's just – ragging his show well yeah that's it's he's a ball buster it's awesome yeah i mean Love but that's it. what buddies do and i mean that that's why he's he's real man yeah and 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 i absolutely love it yeah yeah that was uh fun for us i don't think yeah Steve i don't think really he actually even gave a rat's butt <laughs> which that makes it even better so that shows y'all people who do listen to our show that yeah you're you're wasting your time right right yeah there's nothing that we we, we, we got nothing for you all right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up show 80 with that. Um, I don't know how that really was going to sound on our side, but it was... I don't care. Right. We Our podcast called into his podcast. Who else has done that? <laughs> I don't know if anybody has. Guys, we appreciate you listening. Um, support our sponsors, Patreon. Look for the uh, helmet giveaway in the near future and some other giveaways. And remember... We still have the two-stroke Absoil kit to give away. Send us your two-stroke picks. That's TJ. right. Because that, I'll take it if nobody does. No, nobody else. We should shut up. You're not getting it. Why? Because we're not eligible. Ah. All right, guys. I Thanks, I, man. I, I thought I get to help make the rules. Will you let me close the show? I guess. Bye. Guys, great show. We enjoyed it. Thanks to all our uh, listeners. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week. Or we'll hear you next week. See ya. I got my backpack strapped on my back real 
tight inside of it got a cord and the mic and a couple tall cans cores and bud light that i found in my refrigerator drawer from the night before i take flight out the door with my bike it's such a california sight small breeze got the palm trees swaying back and forth in the light melodies in my head i'm gonna record them tonight man i start pedaling i start smiling i'm in the bike lane freestyling i make a quick pit stop on the corner to pet a little dog and chat with its owner it's the type of day you just can't feel bad the same type of day ice cube once had trying to make it to the lab but i don't pedal fast i sit back and watch as the rose petals pass left rhymes in my head and they're all kind of deaf man i can't wait to lay them down but my first venture is to the store for a couple more thirst quenchers i pick them up and then i add them to the contents of my heavy ass bag then i pedal fast no nonsense hit the studio with no delaying i give a dap to my homie bailey on the way in i start drinking i start recording three hours later i'm out the damn door again gotta pedal to the store again i'm feeling festive this requires captain morgan another bike ride staring at the night sky trying not to swerve as the cars fly right by i stay fresh like fucking bag salad and i don't give a damn if my license ain't valid oh yeah 